What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Kiss My Angelus. I am sitting here trying to think of a chic way to condense the contents of the next hour and a half, Um, but I really don't think I can. Uh, I will say that the lovely and talented Stacey Fontaine is back on the show today, and we are introducing Nurse Becky to you beautiful listeners. Uh, Becky is a registered nurse in Los Angeles, and she is lending her sparse free time to this podcast to educate us on reproductive health, sexual health, all sorts of things in between. Um, So we hope to have Becky on the show as often as possible. So as you listen, jot down some questions. Jot down some questions about your nether regions, perhaps, about Planned Parenthood, about access, about nursing, if you're interested in it. Uh, Because Becky has a lot of great information to offer, as you will see in the episode. So I won't spoil it all for you. Uh, Let's get right to it. But yeah, do you guys use the placebo placebo thing in in nursing rooms and stuff like that? Oh, we do. You do? Yeah. <laughs> when we have patients who fake seizures. Wow. We how do. Can you yeah, how do you know they're faking? Um, because when you have a seizure, <laughs> you're not supposed to be able to talk or like you are, you know. People are like, I'm having a seizure and like, you're not. <laughs> I need the Ativan. And is it like a history of people who usually just or even, want it? even with like pain too, mm-hmm. like pain, you know, we have patients who, um, gosh, I had one that I did where it was like just saline water. Hmm. Um, and they were like, oh, that feels so good. Oh my <laughs> God. Because they thought it was morphine. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's amazing what the mind yeah. knows. Yeah. Is it usually people with like addictions, do you think? Or just some people who just... Yeah, yeah, they're addicted to it. Like that's they come in and all of their allergies are everything but this one medication. <laughs> so like you have to give it to them. But yeah, which we don't do it often. Right, right. But oh, we it seems do like do you're it. doing it for the greater good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How long have you been a nurse? Oh, almost a year now. Okay. Yeah. Are you enjoying your I love it. First year in? I do. Was it what you it. expected? If not more. Mm, yeah. Nice. Very fulfilling. Way more fulfilling than what I thought it would be. Oh, that's nice. How much do you do in a hospital before you start like your first year as an RN? A lot. Okay. So um, just going through the nursing program, right. we do clinical rotations the entire time. Okay. How long and is then, the program? Like two, two, two years. years. Okay. Yeah. And then once we get into where I work, we have, it's a residency. Mm-hmm. So we did that for about three months. So that's exciting. They let us loose. But we have buddies that we work with. Yeah. Did you so. get to choose which hospital or? Uh, no, because the program that I wanted to go into, the residency that I wanted to go into was at that place. Mm. And 
the hospitals in LA, they don't really offer that. And if they do, it's very competitive. Got it. Like UCLA, USC, super competitive. Got it. Are there like nurse doctor clicks? Like are doctors sitting yeah. at like higher tables and stuff like that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Or like, really? So it's pretty like wow. segregated. Oh, it's very segregated. <laughs> like a doctor comes in and you're on a computer and there's no other computers left, you get up. Wow. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's... Doctors have chewed me out on the phone. Really? Yeah, you just have to like not, put up with it? Yeah. Oh. You just like, what, rarely have we, I mean, we reported one recently because he started cussing at one of the nurses. Yeah. So yeah. irritating. It is. Are they just like super stressed out, you feel like, or it just draws that kind of personality? I think it's just, a, it's the culture. Mm-hmm. Rarely, I mean, there are some physicians that are really nice and we love them and we as nurses go above and beyond for them. Right. Um, but then there's some that like, <laughs> like side eye, then yeah. get up, you yes. know? Yeah. Um, shit, I had a question. I have a question. Go for it. <laughs> it's very, it's very ridiculous of me to ask, but. No, it's Okay. Do you ever have situations like on TV, like Grey's Anatomy, you know, there's so much drama and this doctor- Did you ever murder anybody in a surgery? (laughs) You know, more like the relationship things. Cause it's like so many things happen on TV that are kind of ridiculous. Doctor relationships? Doctor, yeah. Or like- Like the culture. Yeah. The drama between all of you. Yeah, Yeah. Between, oh yeah. There's, you know, it's- you have like a bunch of females mm-hmm. and males. Too. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Are you and the males more are more dramatic than, you know. Yeah. And we had, I mean, and it's hard too. And you have male nurses that not only have to deal with being a male nurse and that stigma, but yeah. you also have them fearing that a patient will, you know, say that they sexually harass them oh, or, yeah. you know. Yeah. And that happened actually couple weeks ago with one of my favorite male nurses mm-hmm. and he's super professional. And unfortunately this patient stated that, you know, she was sexually harassed by him. And that sucks. Yeah. Because if it's not bad enough for guys to kind of break in and, yeah. you know, yeah. it always reminds me of, um, Meet the parents. It's meet the parents, right? Yes. Or Ben Stiller's yes. like, oh, I'm a nurse. Like, yeah. I'm happy here. <laughs> like, why didn't you become a doctor? <laughs> do they ever, when, when that kind of thing happens, do they ever instate things where it's like, okay, if it's a, a female patient and it's an, a male nurse, then another mm-hmm. female nurse has to be there or it's not like that? Well, now with him, he's so terrified that, you know, he has yeah. one of us go in or, or, you know, if there's a, or if there's, something that needs to be done that he feels uncomfortable, he'll ask one of the female colleagues to go in and do it. Yeah. That's That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. He used to have that like extra thing. Yeah. Yeah. Poor guys. (laughs) Seriously. Oh, man. (laughs) So um, do you think that there's something that women our age are kind of doing wrong when it comes to our reproductive health or sexual health? Or do you see anything that's kind of reoccurring that's like, how come you guys don't know this yet? Yeah. I mean, I think we're not educated enough with our, with feminine health. Yeah. I don't think we go over it in school much. Um, I think in communities and low income communities, especially. Yeah. We don't talk about it. I think, you know, Planned Parenthood is looked down upon. Um you know, we I, do, I see a lot of females that don't know. So you have to educate them about yeah. certain things, like a lot of UTIs. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Mm-hmm. How do you prevent UTIs? 
so we can spread some information. Because UTIs are kind of... <laughs> Especially in the elderly community. Wow. A lot of elderly females that come in with altered level of consciousness because they have a severe UTI. Wow. It's that intense. Yeah, because it's an infection. Wow. So if you don't. So it's not us, it's older women. (laughs) Because I know front to back. Yes, but you know. Or just like the idea that. Where it's like altered, altered, you know, level of consciousness, it's something that. They've just been doing pretty much all their lives. They just didn't know, like... No, they come in, like, confused Mm. because their infection has gotten so bad Mm. that... It, like, affects your mental state? They're almost... um, They're almost septic, sepsis. So the infection's almost, like, reached the blood. Wow. Yeah. That's so horrible. You like you have burning sensation. (laughs) I've had a bladder infection before. Yeah. He said it was from the flu, possibly. I don't know. But it was the worst. It's like day. Yeah, it was horrible, horrible. But I also know people who like get that sensation every, like after they have sex. So now I'm yeah. like super paranoid. So I'm, I like run an IP right away because yes. I want to be before and after. Your, yeah, yeah, before and after. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have to. Because the, so the urethra and like the vaginal canal the uh, cervix opening. Oh, you should have brought a model. I should have. <laughs> it's so close to that opening. Yeah. So sometimes it's good to pee and the pee flushes everything out right. before and after. I didn't, I didn't know that I didn't before. Definitely it's, after. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good to know. Yes. I got to make yeah, sure I have enough pee. Before and, a, before and after. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of UTIs. A lot of UTIs, especially from like nursing homes, the poor ladies. Oh. Yeah. They don't take care of them that well, so. Yeah, it was, that's unfortunate. It's but, really fucked up. Yeah. Like, I will never put my, not that I ever was planning on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But especially It now. almost <laughs> seems like a stereotype, but, you know, it's not. Mm-hmm. And that's a rough job too, but like, they have like, not nurses, right? But like. Um, they have, uh, there usually is, it depends on what kind of nursing facility you're at. If yeah. it's a skilled nursing facility, usually there has to be an RN there. Right. And then um, LVNs or CNAs. But it's really sad because they're really neglected. Yeah. Do you think that they're just like more susceptible because they're elderly and things are messy down there? And no one's there. Mm. Yeah. You know, there's no no one family members or sometimes they're sitting in their feces or in their urine. And then they- One shower a day, come on. It just sucks that it seems like like people take these jobs and- chill. Yeah. You know, like, do. why can't you just do the job and they well, I mean, how's I, it's good. like, I feel like it would come down to like, how much is the pay? How yeah. much is, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's all, why often they, the least appreciated why jobs. Why are they doing it? Exactly. Yeah. Are you doing it to, you know, help or are you doing it to get a paycheck? Because if you're doing it to get a paycheck, then you don't give a fine fuck about. Yeah. What made you want to be a nurse? Um, so my mom has Parkinson's and that really hit home to me. And I've always loved medicine and the medical field. And I wanted to help. And I wanted to help people because I know what it's like to be on the other side. I know what it's like to be a family member, to see a loved one deteriorate in front of you. So I wanted to give back that compassion and and ease of mind to the patients because unfortunately, and I'm not saying all physicians or doctors, but 
unfortunately, our healthcare has come to the point where, you know, doctors come in for five minutes and they're like, rush, rush, rush you. And they don't answer your questions and they're not compassionate. They're not caring. And these patients who have lived normal, healthy lives for the most of their life, mostly, and then like they're stuck in a hospital and it's already used yeah, and it's already uncomfortable. Unfamiliar. You're wearing an ugly gown. Yeah. People are coming in at all, you know, all hours of the night. You're not sleeping. Sometimes you're not, they're not explaining what they're doing or. Yeah. So. I had a situation where I, I appreciated the nurse so much because I went to get, I, have to, I had to get a mammogram mm-hmm. and the doctor that I spoke with was so short and made me feel this, like, mm-hmm. so small. <laughs> Podcast people, <laughs> this small. Um, I literally called my sister crying. Like, I was crying because yeah. I just felt so dumb and small. And she was asking me questions that, like, yes, I, I probably should know about myself. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I had something in, like, high school and I just didn't pay attention or, you know, get the proper information. So I was following up now and... I just didn't have all the information. I know it's my body, but she definitely like really ridiculed me, made me feel horrible. Then the nurse came in afterwards and sent from the heavens above, <laughs> like made me feel like I was the most important person, was really um, slowly walked me through my chart. And it was mm-hmm. amazing. Like yeah. I saw the difference night and day. And I know that might've just been that person, that doctor. Right, but right. Yeah, it was a very is a very big difference between the doctor and the nurse. I mean, if it's like if it seems so common, do they just they just have so many patients to see, or like they do? Some yeah. of them are just overloaded with yeah. patients because that seems like if you, I can't imagine that none of them want to spend the time. But yeah, or or is it like <laughs> a you know you have to kind of put that like barrier because you see a lot of because you see so many. You, you know, we have physicians that. They have so many patients that when they come to see the patient, they have to come and talk to us. Right. Because they want explanations on what's going on with them. Yeah. Because they can't keep track of all these patients, which is pretty sad. Yeah. Um, So you guys, there's just more nurses available and there's kind of like the patient load is divvied up a little bit better. Yes, definitely. So California is unlike other states in the United States. Um, We have we have patient ratios. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you go to work in like Boston, for for example, one nurse can have up to six, seven patients, which Mm -hmm. is dangerous. Yeah. But in ICU, you have two patients only. And then on um, a med surge floor, you have four to five. Okay. And then ER, same thing, four. How do you kind of keep like your... Not, I don't even want to say compassion, but like your energy up and positive and stuff like that. Especially for with your patients, hour shifts, yeah. Like 12, 13. Me too, because you know, <laughs> it's shitty to be in a hospital. Yeah, it's sad. It's sad. Sometimes it's difficult when the patient calls you every five minutes yeah. because they want their medicine. Um, sometimes, you know, it just. It depends on how your night starts. Sometimes it's really hard because you don't have enough and we have to document everything. So charting is another thing that takes up a lot of our time. So we always have charting anxiety. Mm -hmm. But um, I love what I do. I love my patients. Uh, 
some more than others. Yeah. Some I think about to this day and like I'll, um, you know, I'll think about them and I wonder how they're doing. But Are you allowed leave, to reach out? No. Mm. I'm not even allowed You just allowed like to. open the file and reminisce. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't even do that. It's like once they're out, it's Once over. they're not my patient, they're not my patient. Yeah. It's so like a conflict of interest thing? It's just a HIPAA violation. Mm. Like I cannot have, if let's say I had my patient on Tuesday night and I come back Thursday and that patient's still there, but they're not my patient, I can't open. Wow. Oh. They keep track of all of it. Yeah, I guess so you don't like peek into somebody mm. else's file. That, yeah. that makes sense for sure. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I know. Exhausting. I know it is. I'm kind of like, why aren't the walls like different colors and the gowns a little nicer? But you know, it's like funding. It's crazy. I just had a patient a couple of weeks ago. She, you know, she was a 34-year-old female. She was having a lot of headaches, migraine-like symptoms. She goes to urgent care. Urgent care tells her that she needs to go get a CT of the brain done. She gets that done, and they call her back, and um, she has a, a huge mass in her brain. Wow. 34 years old, just got married, and a pescatarian wow. volunteered on a— uh, where was it? A— um, organic farm. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Like doing all the right things. Yeah. Yeah. And she was in the hospital and she's like, I can't stay in here anymore. I feel like a crazy person. Mm-hmm. Cause she's like, can I just wear my normal clothes? And yeah. I'm like, yeah, sure. So that's rough. I know. I know. And you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And it's not like you can really follow up unless, mm-hmm. you know. And then physician walks in without introducing himself and just starts talking. Just starts like Cold running and, off yeah. and She's like, I had so many questions. And I'm like, put a pen to paper. Just write them down. Wow. I can't imagine like it being so serious. You know what I mean? And still getting that same busy doctor. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know because you've been in, you know, in your position somewhat recently. But do you feel like there's been more or less kind of frustrations and stuff? with Obamacare and all of that stuff? Oh, Has definitely. it put like strains on you guys? And No, not on us because we'll do our job regardless. Yeah. We don't care. I don't care about insurance. I hate insurance. Mm-hmm. I think it's a horrible thing for someone to come in and have to worry about whether they're going to get a certain level of care because yeah. of what insurance that they have is just, I don't care about it. But yeah, with the physicians, because they cut down physicians. So then um, one physician might have a whole boatload of patients because the hospital doesn't want to pay for certain things. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. It sucks that, I mean, that's like the least place probably there in education, you know, where you don't really want money to be a factor and it really is a factor. Yeah. It's so true that like two of the most important things like health and education, I feel like yeah. Why can't people understand how? Why can't we give money towards it? Yeah, yeah more than anything else. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I like went to urgent care when I was in college. And after I got the bill, I was like, what? What is this? I was there for like 15 minutes. Um, and something and that was, they yeah. always tell you too. Like I remember I got in a, my car got totaled and I always had in the back of my head something that was always told like, if you don't have to go in the ambulance, do not go in the ambulance. Yeah, yeah, so as soon yeah. as he asked me if I wanted to go, I'm like all freaked out and like, yeah. like no, no, because you'll get that bill. But <laughs> the physicians don't make that much off. It's the insurance company. Right, of course, yeah. of course. And so that's why they're frustrated. They're yeah. putting in so much time and energy and they're not even 
seeing the fruits of their labor. Um, I remember when I worked at the animal hospital, there was um, like Pfizer reps or drug reps and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you guys, do you see a lot of like, you know, marketing strategies and, and pushing of certain oh, types yeah. of drugs and stuff All like the that? Drugs, um, pro- like lean projects, certain, you know, certain things to, because it's a whole process. Um <laughs> You know, Medi-Cal and Medicare, they give money to hospitals and doctors if they follow certain rules and regulations. Mm -hmm. So you have to hit certain point markers. Okay. Um, What are those things kind of like deal with? Preventing any, it's called nosocomial um, infections, which mean anything hospital acquired. So we don't want our patients in the hospital. We want them to leave the way they came in. But or better. better, yeah. Yeah, but mm-hmm. better. So when they're there, we don't want them to get um, a, you know, a clot in their legs because they've been lying down for mm-hmm. too long. Right. Because then the hospital has to pay for it and Medicare or Medi-Cal or the insurance won't pay for it. Or even picking up a cold or something like picking that, Picking right? up, like- I mean, you're in a hospital, yeah, yeah around like other pneumonia. Yeah. Um, pneumonia is a huge thing, especially when you come out of surgery. So we, you know, we do things- deep breathing techniques and certain machines that we use or um, let's see, or falls. We don't want a patient to fall. That's like the worst thing for a nurse. Yeah. So we have bed alarms and we have, it's really cool on the unit that I work on, which is Neuro. um, We have these, it's a new project that they've put in in the last year. There are these cool tall cameras that we put in a patient's room which is kind of big brother, I know. <laughs> but well, what else is now? And you have an aide sitting at a computer watching. It's kind of like security cameras. What, like while they sleep or yeah. at all times? Because sometimes they're confused. Sometimes they wake right, up. They right. don't know where they're at, especially when you have stroke patients. <laughs> when you have stroke patients that don't, uh, that it, that's going to make it, it seem like I laughed at stroke patients. I didn't. <laughs> no. My cat fell off the table. Yeah, um, stroke patients where it affects the different parts of the brain. So they're trying to get out of bed. They're trying to pull out their IV line. Oh Ugh, my gosh. That's scary. I know. So it's really cool that we've implemented these cameras because it helps us be safe. Right. It helps the patient be safe. I imagine with like motion sensor and stuff like that, like things are just going to improve in that, in yes. that area, you yes. know, along with like, I'm sure other things Mm -hmm. that can monitor just from a camera, which is super cool. And it came from a nurse doing a grad project on it. So she, yeah, she came in. The real MVPs. Yeah, really. She came in and she she started doing it with baby monitors. Mm -hmm. And it was just a project that she started doing. And then she started researching about it and she found these really cool cameras. And so the hospital adopted it. Nice. And now we're hoping to get it on most floors. I just want like hot pink, like silk, robes yeah. as hospital gowns yes. is probably not I know sanitary no. or eco-friendly somebody make it happen so I, was gonna say, that shit. I was gonna say the ones that don't open in the back but I guess that's oh. you have to because so what I do is I of... give them one to go in <laughs> and what? then I give them one as like a jacket yeah I feel bad no one needs to be flashing right? yeah it's like a comic yeah. strip like is that necessary and vulnerable <laughs> yeah. as it is especially the females yeah yes. the males don't really care they love it <laughs> yeah <laughs> Which it goes to proving my point that eventually men will be wearing dresses once they figure out <laughs> how that awesome free balling it is. Where and it's they out. look good on them. Scottish already know. I mean, it's I'm so saying. Much easier. Yeah. I try to not to get pants as much as I can. You guys have pants? 
yeah, we have you like hook blue. me up with some hospital gear. <laughs> we have blue little drawstring pants, but it's really hard to access genitalia yeah. when when you have pants on. <laughs> so you're frequently accessing genitalia. Oh, yeah, I see it all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know the All one shorts. thing that I always wonder for <laughs> nurses, like the first time that you really had to do that dirty job of like cleaning, you know, somebody yeah. and lifting a fold and like that, that would really, that I felt like was what would stop me. Cause I, I was thinking about being a vet <laughs> or whatever. And then I was like, there's a lot of school. And then even these days I'm like, it would just, I mean, I can pick up dog poop all day. Yeah. Just, you know. Yeah. I could pick up poop like, any kind. It's fine now. <laughs> Nothing it really any variety. At the beginning, That's good, or though. now you're just used to it, or you were always. No, fine with I was it. always okay with it. I mean, different Maybe. scents are different. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Scents so we were talking. I don't know. Humans if this is, smell differently. We were talking <laughs> about that. You know, the worm situation. Oh yeah. What do you ha- like? What are your kind of triggers of like? Oh my god! Like you still get creeped out or like weirded out. Nothing really. I guess. Okay. (laughs) No. You know what really like freaks me out are pressure ulcers. What is that? Okay. So it's when you're sitting on a certain uh, bony prominence for too long where the skin starts to lose or the you start losing sensation. So basically okay. you're not getting blood flow to that area. Right. So the cells start dying. Is it like and a bed then, sore, but like yes. near the bone? Yeah. It's mm. like a bed sore, Ugh. but it's a bed sore. Okay, Most okay. bed sores are on like your tailbone okay, okay. or elbows, heels, shoulder blades, anything that's like really sitting on the bed right, for a long right. time. Those really freak me out, especially when it's like a stage four and you can put your hand in it. Boy. <laughs> Those You're like, they really out. freak me out. Oh my God. You put I your hand right there. What do you that's mean creepy. put your hand in it? Like it's so deep. It's so necrotic. It just it starts dying just, off. Yeah. So it starts with, you know, the subcutaneous tissue and then it hits the muscle and then it gets down to the bone. Okay. Okay. And I always think like, cause I know you try to get them up and move them around, but it's you almost do. like the sicker they are or whatever, like the- It's hard. Yeah, it's hard for the body so to kind of heal itself. What we do is we implement, um, so the nurse's aid are really good at, we turn them every two hours. Mm-hmm. So we'll put uh, wedges underneath them or pillows just so they're not on- yeah. One. Yeah. So that's yeah. another thing. If a patient starts getting a pressure ulcer in the hospital, we have to pay for it. Or the hospital has to pay for it. Right. Right. Mm. That's crazy. I know. It's crazy that, yeah, it's like there are point markers, like mm-hmm. you said. And I get that it's so they know that you're doing a good job, yeah. but it's yeah. like you need the resources to be able to yes. facilitate yes. that. Yes. Have you ever had a situation where somebody is just not maybe in the right state of mind or they just really don't want your help and they just keep kind of pushing you off and you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, all the time, all the time. Especially like male patients who are smokers and who want to leave the hospital to go smoke. And I'm like, no, you can't. Is it true that it's the hardest addiction to quit? Do you know, smoking? I would think so, yeah. Yeah. That's what I feel like. That and, you know, opioids or- yeah. Who are worse, like patients or their family members? Oh, um, family members. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. definitely. Do you mean, okay, so you have to tell them what's going on and just having them understand or like their reactions or? Or sometimes they think they know more. Uh, So 
you know, and you just have to stop them. I understand. It's they're trying to, you know, look out for the patient. Right. But sometimes they're trying to do things that the patient doesn't want to do. And you're like, wait a minute, I yeah. need to advocate for my patient first before. And it's you like, have to be like, can you step out of the room and like just speak with the patient? Yeah, yeah. So when a patient is being admitted, I usually have the family stay in the lobby Yeah. while I kind of get them situated and I talk to them. And then I have, you know, the family. Right. In. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So for us, like, I feel like our age range mm-hmm. and stuff like that, Chevy and I were actually talking about how like so much in life has changed, like life expectancy and, you know, whatever. Like yeah. things that people are getting married later, they're having kids later. Um, can we talk about egg freezing? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Aww. is it invasive? I feel like, do you see a future where it's encouraged to freeze your eggs early to kind of, uh, right? Like if everything is moving later except a woman's biology, mm-hmm. would that be a safe way to just push science, you know, biology along with science? I think so. For example, that patient that I had, the 34-year-old, she told, I remember she told her husband, she's like, can I just get out of here and we can just start a family? And like, I just want this to be over. Yeah. But there is no starting a family, you know, she, anytime soon. Mm. So in that case, let's say, heaven forbid, if she did have brain cancer, if that mass was cancerous, then she's going to have to start chemo right away. Right. Chemo kind of eradicates yeah. any sort of possibility of having children. So, yeah. How so is that yeah. something she'd be able to do right away? Like, okay, let's do this now before I start chemo or is it? No, because it takes weeks. Oh, yeah. Because okay. you have Being to get Mary yourself Jane. shot. Yeah. yeah, that's right. How invasive is it? And like, how expensive is it? It's expensive. Uh, I think it's upwards of like 20 to 30. No. <sighs> and I'm no. assuming not covered by insurance. No. In most places, yeah. yeah. Like, like elective. elective buy thing. a little bit of time. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, that, that was definitely something that came up in the conversation too. It was like, there are ways to mm-hmm. encourage women to kind of evolve and, along with society. You yeah. Know? And you know, we don't know Unfortunately, women, we don't know if we're going to get pregnant right away. Yeah. I don't know how many eggs I have. Right, exactly. I don't know if I have enough. And there's there's some women that don't, biologically, they just don't produce as many eggs as as like, a you know, a normal. Right. How many eggs do they freeze? Is it like a whole bunch? I think it's... Only a couple at a time. Yeah, that's because how I imagine because I mean, you, you drop have? one every month. Right, right. So imagine how many months you have to do. Yeah, to get like a whole grip load. <laughs> that's crazy. That's but I do feel like so we know it's expensive. It's invasive. You would consider it. It takes like a couple. I, so do you? Do, I guess it makes sense. I know they like increase your egg production, but I yes, would imagine they're hormones. getting. With, yeah, hormones. You're getting injected. Yeah. Okay, like to... we both watch Being Mary Jane. It's yeah. literally like that. You have mm-hmm. to like inject yourself every day and mm-hmm. then there's like a gathering yeah. night. <laughs> and you know what? There are college students and not even college students, just, you know, regular females that want to make a buck who donate their eggs. Ooh. And they get a couple yeah. of grand for it. No, more than a couple grand. You get like five to 15. Really? Yeah, oh, because shoot. it's sperm that they don't, they're like a dime a dozen. Yeah. But for me, it's like, and I know it's the chances or whatever, risky. but that's I like you have I a knew kid a girl out there. Who did that, and I'm like, dude, what if you don't have that many? You're yeah, just giving them away, true. like. Or I mean, I think it would be scarier, up and you don't know, and 
that that's what would scare me. Okay. Is like not scare me, but it's like I wouldn't ever get over the fact that there might be another person carrying my jeans. Yeah. You know, that's crazy. Well, yeah. And so I would, I would feel like that. Sorry. But okay. I would feel like that as a guy too. And I think it's more common for guys to donate sperm. And I think uh-huh. it's great for a lot of reasons. But if I were a guy, I'd be like, that means that I might have kids out there. And I know that there was like a bunch of scandals where the sperm donation place, like there is a limit to how many- How many times you can yeah, donate. Yeah. How many times mm. you can pull from a donor. And they were just going, because pe- kids, when they get older, they can find each other through like, the sperm yes. donor number and connect and didn't they make like a movie about that with Vince yeah. Vaughn? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah like <laughs> they did, and they're all mad at him because oh, he was man. like the dad. <laughs> oh yeah, I think I. I think I fell asleep in that movie. Yeah. Literally, Chevy shaking his head. Like yes, I definitely <laughs> fell asleep in that movie only because it was at IPIC and there are recliners there. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But I can it. imagine it's happening more and more often just because of you know, how our world is evolving. Mm-hmm. You have more same-sex marriages. Right. They want to have babies. So, yeah, you know. I feel like, yeah, if it was available, I mean, even in the intrusiveness or whatever, like, I feel like I would do it as a safety if it was affordable. Yeah, like, why not? You know, then you're not, because like you said, like, is there a way to check? Not unless you try. Yeah, like your egg production, that's yeah. crazy. Well, I have a question this is probably something I should know, but I don't. So when you say it, the, the injections like help to produce more eggs, but you only have a certain amount that you're born with, right? Not to produce more eggs. It's just hormones. Oh, okay. So it helps like drop the egg. It, I think it helps make the egg more viable. Oh, okay. I was so, very yeah. confused there for a no, second. No, I'm sorry. I should not produce just to help the the process of it all. Got it. Okay. Okay. Make yeah. sure you're getting the good ones. Yes. Nice, healthy eggs. Viable ones. Man, because yeah, that's like, I feel like, I mean, I'm at, we're all kind of at a stage where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, you don't really know. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, even when you don't know, you're like, well, your time's running out. Like, yeah. Whether yeah. you know it or not. Yeah. Like, it's a very real thing. I had thing. someone tell me that the other day and it wasn't nice. It was, she was like, so you know, when are you and Seb, like after the wedding, when are you guys going to try and have kids? Don't worry, I'll bleep his I name out. People. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and so she was, and I was like, well, given the situation of what's going on, you know, with his dad, we want to try right away. And she's like, what if you can't get pregnant right away? Wow. And I was like, harsh. burn. You have to remind. And I didn't really even think of that. Yeah. What if I don't? What if I can't? I feel like you got to cross that bridge when you get there, yeah. if you get there, you know, because it's like, you can't stress about it. But then it's not fair to so many other women in the world and, you know, within the socioeconomic mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. different, you know, totally. statuses where they can't afford to do that. And then you get into a relationship, you're married and you can't have babies. And yeah, it's just, it's because it's also taxing totally. on on the psyche as well. Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously it's a lot, I mean, it's a long shot to consider, you know, paid maternity leave and childcare, let alone egg freezing, IVF, those kinds of things. But, you know, it's kind of crazy wild, like how expensive it is because in a lot of ways, that's like, that's such a way to extend the years that we have to do whatever we want to do, especially, Mm -hmm. you know, life is getting longer. Yeah. But, and then on top of that, even if it was less expensive, it's still like taboo in a weird way. You it know? is. It's it's not, it's looked down upon. Yeah. Like or you're going kind and of in a different And it's very hush, path. hush. And 
ladies don't talk about it when they do it. Yeah. And the freezing you're saying? Yeah, the freezing or the IVF or mm-hmm. any of that stuff. It's, I don't know, from what I've experienced, they've kind of been very hush hush. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, so and so is trying IVF. Yeah. Don't say anything. I, I mean, I think everything about female sexuality is often like, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh my God, this person's trying. Yeah, yeah. And realistically, this person's just trying to have a child. Yeah. yeah. Why we don't really talk be? about like anything. I we mean, don't. I remember, oh my God, we were talking about this on 4th of July. <laughs> like uh, Becky and I were talking about how both of our moms um, <laughs> signed us out of sex ed. Because yeah. it was, we're just from like conservative cultures and you had to get your parents permission, which in itself is like ridiculous. Because yeah. it's yeah. like- It's like you're teaching kids, how, you know, how life is produced. Yeah, exactly. I did not learn about sex. And this is so embarrassing, but I'm telling the world right now. Mm-hmm. I did not learn until I was in high school. Like yeah. what exactly like right, how right. sperm meets well, the how egg. Would you, well, no. we never had sex ed class in my school really? at all. Oh, really? Yeah. We never had sex ed and so it's just learn on your own. You just kind of like figure it out. Yeah. Like watching horrible. TV or watching, not even like watching TV sex scenes or anything like that, but just like seeing shows where they actually properly talk about it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just never, it's such a strange thing, you know, that they don't, I don't think they realize, I mean, I don't know whether they realize it or not, but like, I feel like my parents didn't even have the tools to try to figure out how to like approach it. And if we just learned it in school, it probably would have been easier. But this whole idea of even instilling this like permission slip, like, are you okay with us teaching your kid about their body? And it's like, and my mom, I, I could see even like, I can remember kind of her own like, what do I do here? Is she old enough? And then it left it to an older generation of like, already we need to like improve that. Yes. Yeah. So I and think- we were like the only kids. Oh my, I had to sit in the library. Do you know? I have to, <laughs> to sit in the library. So and I hate how they separated the girls and the boys. Mm. I don't know if they did that in the sex ed class in like seventh grade or whatever, because I was Not in, in the, the library by myself. So no, for like the video, <laughs> I know that they- Oh, said, yes, yes, They showed yes. the female video yes. to the girls and they showed the male video to the boys. That's yeah. really true. They're, They're like, don't worry, you don't need to, to know about this. Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. And then yeah. that's in itself is like not enough information because it's a lot of like fear. And we, yeah. I mean, I was out here. So it was like, that was on the most liberal end and it wasn't like preventative stuff and contraception Nothing. and whatever. So it's just, it was just abstinence. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Like they were, yeah it was the anatomy basically. Yeah. This is this, this is what happens. People freak out yeah. over it but I see it all the time. So I'm pretty used to it. But I remember, my mom's going to kill me too. Um, I remember when, you know, like growing up, you know, my mom would take me in the shower and she'd like bathe me. And I'd always ask her like, mommy, where did I come from? And Mm -hmm. then she showed me like a scar on her tummy. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, that's, that's where you came out of. And I'm like, oh, okay. It wasn't until a couple of years ago that I found out that my mom had vaginal birth. And the the scar was from when she took out her appendix. Wow. Because she did not want to tell me. She had it all mapped out. They cut you right out of there, honey. Yeah, because it was only until, seriously, a couple of years ago, I found out because I found out that a C-section scar is very small (laughs) and her appendix scar was really big. Uh, And so I'm like, mom. I thought it was like, like literally a smiley face, like all the way across for a C-section. No. Or I guess things that, I mean, was it before? Maybe I'm just, okay. 
Maybe if you get a tummy tack. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that is what I'm thinking about. Honestly, I have no idea. Um, No, it's really small. It's like probably about that big. That's not bad. Yeah, because they put like forceps in. I know. Uh, We've both seen the business of being born. So we're like on this whole... Yeah, speaking of that, like this whole trend towards... Oh my God, my coworker today made me watch... I mean, it was beautiful, but I was like, why are you making me watch this? And this lady, they're, like her husband was rushing, rushing into the hospital. She literally gives birth in the car. Oh, and, like, wow. Where are you kind of, watching that? At, at, at work. <laughs> Steven, dude. That's uh, hilarious. I was like, ah, like it was crazy, but um, it was really, really interesting. And then- So has um, her, her partner- they delivered. got it on camera because wow, I think awesome. wait her partner was delivering the baby and getting on camera. That's well, that's like well, no, amazing. no one was delivering it. She was in the pa- was front passenger out. seat, and she's just like, "Get the seatbelt off of me!" And Whoa, it literally, you she's feel like, it. she literally said, "The baby is coming out of me right now." Whoa. And then what was cool though was like, even though it was like a really high, like, oh my god, like she's screaming for a second after it was like. She was super chill and calm yeah. and like completely normal. Yeah. I was in the room when my first nephew, when my nephew was born and man, it was rough. It was like the vagina took a mind of its own. Mm. It was a beast. Mm. The vagina, the vagina it is, a is. I didn't think about it. It was so like engorged yep. and it was just, you know, and it's normal. Everyone is like that. Yeah. Um, but then once he came out and the, uh, the nurse gave the baby to his mom, it was like they were in a bubble. Yeah. And it's like not, you can't penetrate it. Do you think about natural birth versus like hospital birth? Do you have a preference one way or the other, like being in on the inside? Um, yeah, be, yeah, it just depends. I think you need to really research the hospital. I think you really need to research the physician, the gynecologist or the OBGYN. Um, and see what their methods are. I've been in births where, you know, it's very cold. Mm-hmm. And, but that was just a cultural thing. Yeah. And oh, it's yeah. really awkward because like the man is in the corner and mm. the woman's just on her own. Oh and it's God. like, yeah. she's on an island by herself. And, you know, that's a cultural thing. I think, I think it depends on the person having the baby, if they feel comfortable to do it at home. But I'm always, I'm, you know, the nurse in me, I'm always worried, like, what if something happens? Yeah. Yeah. Will I have enough time to rush them to the hospital? Right, right. Because you never know. Yeah, that's true. I feel like I'm obviously like, I really would want to push towards going naturally only because I feel like from what I've seen, by naturally, sorry to interrupt you. Do you mean no medication in a hospital or, or like at, at a home? birthing center? I feel okay. like is where I'd be more comfortable. It's so funny. I asked Tamara if she'd be okay with me having my kid at her house. <laughs> I was like, your home is so cozy. Um, but that would, I feel like, be ideal for me. Mm-hmm. But birthing centers have physicians, don't they? I think, I think they so. have, like, yeah. Like a the midwife. Kind of, or, yeah, yeah, but I like the idea of it almost being like a dim, like, hotel room type yes. of thing with like a tub. But I also noticed that from the women in this specific documentary, um, The Business of Being Born, who had natural births and it went well. Of course, like there were some who wanted to go that way, but there was a complication and Mm -hmm. they were able to switch or whatever. Um, They bounced back faster. Like they were able to kind of take the time to labor, kind of Uh like you see like horses do in the stall and move around and stuff like that. And I feel like I believe 
the um, you know data that they were saying that you're like less likely to tear and you're less likely mm-hmm. to have this like huge recovery period. Um, I remember one of like the actresses in in the documentary who was like discussing her experience was like, I just like took a shower like an hour later. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of chilled at home. home, and I just. I have never, I used nice. to be obsessed with watching um, Bringing Home Baby and stuff like that on oh, like TLC. Okay, yeah. I was obsessed with it. I don't know why. Um, and those were all very like traumatizing births to watch. You know, a lot with of screaming. screaming yeah. Yeah. Yes. Chaos. Yeah. And a lot of tools and instruments and interventions oh, like and stuff like that. And, yeah. yeah. And I, I definitely believe that you know, you can trust your body and stuff like that. And another thing that really hit me was um, the idea that birth itself is such a transformative experience Mm -hmm. and you like reach this peak of how far you can go and then you still have to go a little further. Uh But that afterwards it gave this woman like the feeling of like, oh my God, I can do anything. And not that other, I don't think that other births don't make you feel that way. But I think especially when you're really forced to like be in that moment. Um, but yeah, it is yeah. kind of a nice experience to, if you are, you know, if your baby's in the right position, all that stuff to have the yeah. opportunity to yeah. like experience. We're also like, like hella paranoid, like you know? Thinking ahead, I'm like terrified. Yeah. But I know any any hard experience that we've been through, we've been through it. So yeah. it's been fine. You know? I feel like we've done it for centuries. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like it's a natural thing. I want to try to do it without any medicine. Yeah. yeah. Like, it might be at a hospital because I feel more comfortable yeah. at a hospital. At least you have like clout and you could be like, I'm an RN, get out yeah, of my room, yeah, yeah. you know? But, but I feel, I really want to try to do it without yeah, medicine. Same. I don't want to have an epidural because I've seen I've seen it go wrong yeah. and it's just not fun. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, you know, with one intervention comes many. Uh-huh. I mean, I feel like then you're in the hands, you're in a, you're a patient now, you yes. know? And I just feel like, yeah, women have been doing it forever and I trust that. And I think just in general, we're like hella paranoid and super over-medicated and, and you know? Mm-hmm. And Giselle is in the documentary and she was saying that she went to a doctor who said that she's so petite that her baby was too big for her body. And she was like, it went That's in impossible. one ear and out the other. Yeah. And I was like, no, like I'm, natural. I'm pregnant yeah. with this baby. It's yeah. gonna come out, you know? That's how my, I was in the room with my sister-in-law actually. Uh-huh. And that was the first time I've ever seen anything like that. I was fascinated because you do see all the screaming moms and everything. Yeah. My sister didn't scream once. I mean, you could tell she was in like pain, yeah. but it was just like focus and deep breathing. And she Natural birth? Yeah. Wow. Completely natural. Yeah, Janice. Um, so it was an amazing experience. And she had her midwife who was coaching her and, and helping her be patient. And the labor was very long where- just at the last minute, they did call the doctor. The doctor wanted to use the vacuum. And then the midwife was like, please listen, don't. just be patient. Please yeah. just wait. And then we, you know, and that's I, really I was about what to say we did. Is. She did. Yeah. like an advocate. Yeah, she did. And then Oscar came out, you know? Aww. Yeah. I think it's hard not to, you know, know that hospitals are on a rotation and they there's are. a space. And that's why I feel like, again, this is another thing where I would love to go to a birthing center. My main concern, number one, is like, how much is this going to cost me and is it going to be covered? Mm. Because I think I'm okay with the idea of there being a hospital and there being places where you uh-huh. can, the whole point is that you could be there for as long as it's going to take to be there. Or there is someone who's like, you know what? You don't need to, you don't need to come in yet. Oh, sure. Sorry. I'm trying to, th- yeah, I get like a, or if you want something softer, maybe like oh, toilet, okay. yeah, okay. Oh, sorry about that. No, it's okay. That's why it's not live. It's not live. 
life. Maybe one day. But I think, yeah, this makes it a lot easier, you know, to just okay. flow with it. Um, but so yeah, you were saying just like the idea that there there really is a, you know, a, a need to move people out. And a hospital, everything is happening, uh-huh. including labor and delivery. And in a birthing center, I think it would be calmer. Although... I can't ever imagine giving birth at home. I don't know why. I, I worry the about the idea c- intrigues me completely. I worry like about the cleanup. My that, OCD. Yes. Oh, I'm like, who's going to clean well, up? You have to get a new mattress. I mean, you I don't to. want. Oh yeah, my, well, so the ladies in the little pools. Unless, like, you though. put like a lot of like uh, those like wee wee pads. Something. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I'd rather do it somewhere where I can just leave yeah. all of that behind. And the pools freak me out a little bit. Yeah. But they say, you know, they say it's so less shocking for the mm-hmm. baby because it's coming from one area yeah, of water yeah. into another area of water. But I don't it's know. Still, it feels it's still like, a weird cleanup like after. It's like murky, yeah. I see it murky as waters. like, I see it as I feel like you'd be comfortable in water because you're buoyant and yes, you're not, and you know, you heavy. Feel, yeah. That, that was the only thing. But literally I would... But still, it's I like try not to think about cleanup. You're living room. Yeah, and I'm like your that. placenta. I know, and I'm like, and then who pulls your placenta out? Who cleans this up? Because yes, I just had a baby. Get out of my house. A biohazard bag. <laughs> exactly. And like, who pulls the placenta out? Because like, that's what happens once the baby yeah. in a hospital. Once the baby comes out, the mom and dad are like, oh, baby, baby, baby. But the doctor's still down there. You know, they're I saw the midwife pushing, pushing. Yeah, because they want that. to push that placenta out because then you have like a risk for hemorrhage if right, it doesn't right. come out. So like they're pushing the nurse is like pushing down and the doctor's like pulling and then oh, you know they pull of, yeah. like a shopping bag of Oh my gosh. Like a I know I've seen it on Animal Planet. <laughs> See, that's the thing, like you don't, you know, on TV shows, whatever it is true. It's just like Things like that were on TV. They have the baby in the cab or whatever. They just have the baby and then that's it. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, I watched this lady have a baby in the car. And I mean, I, hope she I literally, the first birth. thing I said was like, now you have to sell that car. Yeah. But she seemed really like, I mean, that's the whole thing is like, the baby is going to come out. Yes. Like in one for, way in, or another. Exactly. Like nine times out of 10, the baby's going to come out. So I feel like, you know, the things that make it urgent or rushing in a hospital is just like, you know, this is taking a while. I would be like, uh, I made a baby. Yeah. It takes a while. Out of my vagina. Yeah. This was and just cell. And vagina like stretched really wide. Yeah. And I want, you know, oh my so- God. And then I was, I couldn't even finish reading it. I was reading this thing about, um, it was saying how a lot of mothers are getting infections and getting sick after labor. And I didn't go through all of it because it was kind of like, oh my God, like incontinence and all this stuff and some tearing. Those are the things that freak me out. And I feel like statistically that happens less when it's a natural birth, assuming that you qualify for that avenue or whatever. Um, There's this place called The Farm. It's like one of the longest natural birth centers. And yeah, like uh, I forget her name, but she's like a really well-known midwife who's just been doing it for a long time. And they're just like rates of C-section are really low. Their rates of, you know, all of the, um, what are they, oh, uh, when you're uh, the episiotomy, right? Oh, Where yes, they like the episiotomy. Oh, um, <laughs> this is why you're here. That's it. why oh, you're no. here, Becky. Um, I was like, ah. I don't know if I can. Uh, so sounds- the episiotomy is when, let's say the, the, baby's head is coming through the canal, but it's, it's 
too tight, basically, <laughs> in layman's terms. So what they have to do is they have to cut the part of the skin that goes from the vaginal canal to the anus. And you want it to be cut because you do not want it to tear on its own. Because think about like a clean cut versus like a jagged oh, right, tear. Right. You want it. Yeah. So, and then they have like different stages because oh. sometimes it can go all the way to the anus. Okay. I love you, Becky. Baby. Baby. Okay. <laughs> you know, and that just, I think that's like one of the most things that freak me out. Because then like, I'd be so scared to poo. Yeah. I'd be so constipated. I had to stop I'd have reading to when this girl was saying she was a runner and she would like poo herself without <laughs> knowing. I was like, no, no, no. She's like, I, like she stopped hanging out with her friends because she like smelled that after runs and stuff. I know it's horrible. I was like, this cannot Wait, be Wait, even after? No, so it's I'm like, sorry. it's never back to normal? The whole, yeah. I think so the whole like idea of the article was- they, they sew it up. I don't know it's what happened still, to this no. woman, okay? I just know oh, that she- well, no. well, con- She had like eight months of postpartum or more, something like but that. But she had to have something more, uh, something I think more the advanced. idea was that they the didn't being, catch, yeah, what was happening. Yeah, because the reason being is like, incon- like incontinence of the bowel, you're having, you know, a loose rectum, yeah. Which is inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I'll don't read know it and get back to you. Out. I have no idea. It was horrifying. It was a big I stopped. Baby. Oh my okay. gosh. I, I mean, ha, do you see a lot of natural births where you work? Um, no, I don't know. you know what? During my clinical rotation, and I saw a lot of births during then, I never saw one natural. All like, really? wow. Do you think they were all just like open or did anybody even come in thinking they were going to go natural? Everyone no, was just I think like, give me the like, epidural. Give me that epidural. Do you, are there, uh, rooms where two women like do people always give their private rooms or like is there no, labor? And- there should there's always private rooms. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. I mean, at least where I work, yeah. and at least where I've actually been to, where my nephew was born. It was okay. like a nice suite. Like okay. there was couches and TVs. We all made ourselves very comfortable there. <laughs> my poor sister-in-law. I she just wanted thing. like peace and quiet. My like, sister-in-law wanted us all in there. It was crazy. She's like, you guys don't have to leave. I was like, are you sure? My sister-in-law She like had me like, holding her leg up. <laughs> she was like, listen, I think you're stronger than your brother because oh, he yeah. cannot take blood. Now here's another question. Are you guys okay with your significant others to look down there? I To am. see what's going on? I, I feel like my, yeah, I would, I would think at the most it would be my I, husband and my mom and that would yeah, be it. But yeah. like, cause I feel like they can A, handle me cussing at them if it ever came <laughs> or like yelling or getting an attitude. Um, and B, like, I feel like if you're, especially if you're like wanting to go this natural way or whatever, you just go with how you feel. And most yeah. of these girls get naked and mm-hmm. I just don't yeah. think I would want any. And even I though mean, in a lot of them, I mean, there's so many people in the room and I'm yeah, like- Yeah, and your vagina is on display. Yeah. So. And just for him to like be there for the experience yeah. and like mm-hmm. see what happens and know what I'm going through. You and did like this really, to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I, I think, think it's a important. lot of women don't want they're significant. Do you? What do you think? Um, you know, he is really, he can't even handle stories from the hospital. <laughs> okay. So he's but like kind of queasy about. I don't, yeah. I don't, I think it's different. It's like, yeah. dude, it's your baby coming out. Yeah. I don't think you yours. necessarily have to be like shoving your head yeah, right there. Like, like you can put a by... video camera. Yeah. I don't yeah. want it. But at the same time, you how cool do. would it be in like 25 years when your kid is a lot older and can yeah. handle that video? To like see it. it. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, you can like stand by your head and like be, you know, comforting. That's what my brother did. Mm -hmm. 
As I've he was never... watching the Laker game, my sister-in-law <laughs> was like, you need to turn that off right now. <gasps> oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, you have to kind of go with what yeah. happens, but I can't imagine, I mean, normally regular life than amplified when I'm PMSing. I don't want to be around people. I know. So I can't mm. imagine that would be the time that I'm like, come I'm in. I'm going to be really mean. <laughs> I already have well, a feeling. shit. I mean, if there's ever a time to have like license. Coming out yeah. of you, I'm going to be really mean. That's why they have pregnant women parking because they know she'll cuss <laughs> you out. I, I thought that, but then part of me too, especially when I was watching my sister, it's like, I'm also the kind of person where I, I hate pain. So I she was so focused that she couldn't yeah. talk, you know, that it was just mm, like, yeah, I feel I, like I might be like that where I just have to like, like you go focus. In. Yeah. I get quiet when I'm hurting. I don't yeah. want anyone to touch me exactly. either. I'm yeah, just like, yeah. let me just get through it on my own. Yeah. Like so I that. do that. TMI. <laughs> I do that every month with my period. I get yeah. really bad cramps and I try to hold off on taking yeah. medicine. Yeah. To see yeah. How, how much you can hold yes. it. I do that too, for and sure. So, like I'll be in bed and I'm just like breathing and <laughs> Seb's like, oh, do you need anything? And I'm like, just just leave me alone. Yeah. Don't touch me. It is true because it's like, okay, I better be able to handle this. Yeah. But I heard it's like your time's amplified. Yeah. <laughs> I really feel like it's it's like it's like climbing Mount Everest. Like you could prepare as much as you want. You're yeah, not going to be prepared. And you but I love die. to. I love how women are like the most excruciating pain, but then like you do it again because somehow you forget. Like yeah. God like erases your memory. Yeah. <laughs> from that well, I also think that like the epidural quite literally like numbs you. Mm-hmm. It does. It takes away the pain. It only, I mean, Sometimes they overdo it to where they don't want to do it to the point where you don't have the pressure, the urge to push. You right. Have to know, right. Because they say, when we say like push, like we're getting, re- like the contraction is about to happen, we prep the the mom and we say, okay, bear down, like you're going to go to the bathroom, like yeah. you're taking, you know. I'd be scared to Oh, we two. have to get to talking about how many people actually poop on the table. A lot. What? Oh, no. Don't say no. that. Oh, my gosh. No. It's so fast. It's cleaned up but so quickly. You don't even so know. That's so embarrassing. I mean, I know you guys don't think it's embarrassing. I really I'm didn't mortified. want you to say a lot. I really thought you'd I know. be like, a lot here people. and there. A lot of people do. Like, how, is it a, a lot of poop or... It depends on how much you ate that day. <laughs> oh my god! Oh god. So like, is it like the midwife or the doctor, or like a like somebody just comes real well, quick? Well, at least it's poop? not you, dude. Yeah. Well, it could be. It depends on what stage you're at. So the nurse actually does a lot for um, when it comes to labor and delivery. They are they are the person that preps the the mom and is basically like push 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 until we put our fingers in or until we see the baby's head is crowning, which means it's coming through, you know, the vaginal canal. And then at that point we call the doctor, mm. but every situation is different. All of the ones that I was involved in, the, the nurse and I were, you know, helping the mom push. And then as soon as like the baby was about to come out, then we'd call the doctor and the doctor kind of just comes in and he, catches it. Yeah. Basically <laughs> like, you know, he tells her to push one or two more times and then baby's out. Isn't it, and isn't it dangerous though that there's poop so close to a baby? No, because we clean it, we clean it. So, but think about it. They're not coming. It's not coming through like a sterile field either. Oh, that's true. So you're like, this isn't sterile. So I want you to make sure I don't poop on my baby. So, and we wipe it up so fast. And you know what? Don't even. What's dangerous is like something that happened to my aunt where the baby pooped in her. Oh, that's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can get an infection. You can get an infection. Yeah, it infects yeah. like the embryonic like fluid. It could, yeah. I mean, I've never, I've never dealt with it. I think it's so. Yeah, she was fine, and she's what like 
she's going to be 21 this year. Oh, so she pooped um, her way into this world and she's doing great. And like what we do is as soon as the baby comes out, we suction out the mouth. Oh, okay. And everything. So, and like the nose. That's what that lady said when she was in the car. That was the first thing. I mean, the baby cried right away, but she's like, he needs to be suctioned. I was like, oh my God, how many shows have you watched? Yeah. And the husband was literally like, baby's crying. I think that's fine. Yeah, you know, yeah. you're okay. But like we suction out the mouth and the nose. It is funny to see how like mouth first news medical professionals last. just know that babies aren't as fragile as we think they are. And they're just always like, yeah. like wiping them off and turning them around and pat, pat, pat. And I'm always like, oh my God, yeah. careful. You know what? Moms are like that too. Like, or my mom, right? Yeah. Like their moms are very like, if they've been through it, they're like, yeah. oh my God. They're like holding the baby like football. <laughs> <laughs> Don't oh worry, it's fine. You know, I'm always freaked out about like the soft, like the soft part of the head. Yeah. I'm always like, don't touch Have the head. Have you seen that episode of Family Guy where they're making fun of Britney Spears? No. <laughs> she's like holding, it's so horrible. She's holding her baby and she's smoking a cigarette and she like bears down oh, on the soft no. part and just like ashes it in oh, the little Oh, no. <laughs> it's horrible, but it was hilarious. Um, so going back to like women who are not trying to have a kid, like uh -huh. can you break down what, for young women who don't know, like what do you recommend for young women, especially those who like us growing up, whose parents aren't necessarily the first people they go to when they need to learn about this stuff and we want to stop them from going to porn. Um, <laughs> what, what is like, you know, what's a, a, a regular, you know, when can, should you first get a pap? How... How often should you be going for checkups? When should you get a mammogram? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. When are those kind of markers? Well, you first have to look at your your history of diseases in your family. If you if your females in the family have had breast cancer, it's obviously smarter for you to start getting mammograms earlier. Okay. Um, how often do they, I mean, in that I case, think, if you started, like how often are you supposed to get it? Once a year, they okay. say. Yeah, once a year. And then once, but for regular women, I think it's until you hit like 40. Okay. In the 40s, then you get it once a year. Paps, I think once you become sexually active. Okay. I think you should be getting it once every three years or once a year. It depends on how active you are. I think it's really important to get that part checked down. Yeah. Every especially, six months for some of you out especially there. Especially <laughs> if you're very active, I think it's really important. Some diseases are um, hidden diseases right. where you don't necessarily see the symptoms right away. AKA AIDS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Pretty, pretty intense one. Didn't think you were going to... Where it's like... You know, people say what they say about Planned Parenthood because they mm -hmm. think it's just yeah, this building giving great. out condoms, what? but it's like there's no. so many things. I I've, think it's great. I think it's a forum where women can go. They're not judged by- Men and I mean, women, you know? Men and women. Yeah. And, you know, I think- Everyone in there is kind of thinking the same right, thing. Right. I mean, I've gone and yeah. like, but it's so horrible that they have to fog out the, you know, the windows and you right. have to press a bell to get in. True. I feel like it's like already, it's they're true. already having a hard time going to it's this It's like place. going into a dispensary. Now <laughs> they have to wait until someone buzzes them yeah. in to go in and everyone's watching. But, you know, I think people need to know that there is that forum there. It's okay to talk about male or female genitalia. It's not something to be embarrassed about. It's not something to whisper about. I think you need to know what's going on yeah. down there. And I think that especially for women, you have to know what your options are, yes. you know, especially if you like, you know, I know for a lot of women who kind of grew up like 
in a in a more strict household, it's mm-hmm. like you almost don't seek that out because A, it's taboo or B, you're like, I can't take birth control and have like pills yes. laying around my house. Yeah. But it's like, you have options and you need to go find out those options. And I know like, I've never paid anything at Planned Parenthood, which is so amazing and why their work is so important because uh-huh. for me, it wasn't about um, lack of funds, but more like, I needed that support network outside of going to like my the insurance through my parents or something yes, like that. It's I like, was terrified the yeah. doctor was going to call my mom. <laughs> yeah, it's like I need this place where I can go and it's just me and I'm making these kind of adult decisions and uh-huh. learning this stuff. But luckily, there's the internet. Do you find a lot of patients come in with um, wrong in- information? Yes, they've Googled, Googled, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I think I'm dying." <laughs> and no, you're not. No, but. I think it's important because, you know, I'm going to kind of hone in on the vagina. Please do. uh This is, I mean, we should call this episode hone in on the vagina. (laughs) Um, You know, we produce a lot of different discharges Mm -hmm. on, you know, we have like this crazy cycle that we go through. Like before our period, we have a discharge after our period. And a lot of people don't, a lot of females don't know what's normal versus what's not normal. And they don't really talk about it either. So I think it's really important that we learn that from a younger <laughs> I'm age. Because I'm thinking of those commercials that it's like, they're so hush, hush. And they're like the prescription commercials, but like even worse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, do you ever smell down there? So I know that, you know, you should obviously, if you feel like you're worried, see a doctor. But yeah, like, what are some basics as far as like, what can women expect as far as like normal? When do you think is a good idea to be like, hmm, something's off? Anything that has an odor. Okay. Anything that's yellow. (laughs) Anything that has an odor that's yellow. Yeah, because then that means there's some sort of bacterial infection going on. Good to know. Um, And I think it's important to go to the doctor right away. Don't let it fester. It's just going to get worse. People need to remember too that like, Doctors are doctors. They've seen it all. Doctors, they've nurses, seen it they've all. seen it all. Like, yeah. You, have and to, you know, can't be embarrassed by that. I think the, it's like a human doctor. thing. I get embarrassed, like, when I get naked in front of, <laughs> by saying that. <laughs> I just your sentence because I'm like, naked in front of. <laughs> I just went to try on my wedding dress and I felt so vulnerable. And I'm like, what am I talking about? Yeah. I'm like elbow deep in vaginas <laughs> all the time. Why should True. I? You it's know? such a normal thing to feel yeah. weird. And I'm, I always tell them, don't feel embarrassed. Don't, you know, this is, you're, we're all human. We yeah. all have yeah. that. Like, it's good that you're doing something about it. I definitely feel it. that all the time because my um, primary care physician is a man. And I, when I first went to see him, the nurse was like, oh, do you want me to just have him do your pap while you're here? I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely not. I need somebody who knows what it's like to have a vagina and has one. Although from friends I've talked to- They're really good at it. Yes. They're like, they my are. gynecologist is a man and I yeah. much prefer it. Um, Mine's a man and uh, his bedside manner is great. And I love when they <laughs> distract you and they're just like doing their thing and they're it like, takes, so. Blah, blah, blah. It takes a rare form of a man to become yeah, a gynecologist. Yeah, my primary care physician, like no joke is like, probably 36 and like mixed and has like light <laughs> eyes. I was like, no, 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 no. I mean, no. I know I'm clean, but I just would no, not feel the, comfortable. The, me, the men are really good at it. Um, sometimes if I can't, if I'm doing a Foley catheter, which is basically where I have to put a tube down the urethra. And it's really oh, hard with the female painful. anatomy because that that <laughs> hole is hidden sometimes. Tiny. Oh, Yeah, and, and, if, and it's a sterile procedure. 
So you're in there and if you go in the vagina and then you can't like take it out and put it like yeah, you can't yeah. push around for it because <laughs> it's sterile. So you kind of have to leave it in there, unglove and then go get another packet, re-sterile. So I've actually called in like my male nurses and they're like spot on. Mm-hmm. They put that pussy like, on a pedestal. They do. They're like, they're like, you got to look for the wink. All right. Because of you guys, I'm going to let my primary care physician between my legs yeah. <laughs> for medical purposes. Yeah. And, um, and like, why is it any different? Yeah. What is, I I think it's just a stigma that. Totally. I mean, it's same like you said for male nurses. And, I know. It's you know, scary. Mom, I was scared the first time. I my mom telling me like, don't ever let a male doctor look down there. You know what's so funny? I watched the show called Masters of Sex. I don't yeah. know if you guys yeah. ever watched it. Watching it, yeah. But isn't it so funny how like in the 50s, it was actually faux pas for a woman to go down there. They were like, you know, when when the assistant was uh, helping him. Yeah. Um, but she's the, the one that led the way, you know? Like kind of eerieed out the fact that it was a woman who would like look and, you know. So I, I think that's interesting how yeah. Yeah. the... The thoughts have changed now. The rules have reversed. Yeah. yeah, I just, I mean, I remember being told, I don't know from who, where it was like, make sure your underwear is clean. What if something happens to you? The paramedics are going to see your underwear. Like it was That's all very thing. sexualized. Yeah, always, yes. You know, it wasn't always like- say that. We've, I asked my mom, like, mom, why don't you ever wear lingerie? And she's like, what if there's an emergency? <laughs> like, I don't want, or like, I've always asked her, you know, like, why don't you ever, you know, now that I'm older, not <laughs> obviously when I was younger, <laughs> yeah. but you know, we get into these conversations. I kind of don't hold back with my mom. I make her uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Because she never talked about it with me. So right, it's like right. now my revenge on her. I love it. So I asked her, I'm like, mom, why don't you ever like sleep naked with dad? And she's like, what if there's like an emergency or like an earthquake? And, you know, and I have to go out and I'm like, dude, you just put a robe on. And yeah. Say, hey. have it or, handy. you know, hey, liberation. Yeah. Um. So... Speaking of Being Mary Jane, which is a show that we watched, there was this really, really funny episode where she's going to sleep with a new sexual partner and they go through this whole sequence of STD testing Uh in her house, like a home kit. It was really awkward and really funny, but what's some advice you have for young people who are experimenting or getting into a new relationship with a new sexual partner and you don't want it to be awkward, but you do know in your head whether, I mean, even me, like I didn't have as much like sex ed information, but uh-huh. I knew it was like something to be concerned about. And I think it's important. How do you, what is your advice on, you know, bringing, <laughs> hey, I mean, first date at Planned Parenthood? I brought it up. I brought it up. I asked him, when was the last time you were tested? Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, a few months ago. And I'm like, what were the results? <laughs> and I think- Can you show me some paperwork? I mean, I, think, you, I mean, I think that's because you're, do you think it's because you're a nurse or you No, I didn't want direction? to get a disease. Yeah. All right. No, but I think, yeah, I didn't want to get Yay a disease. No yes. I no. mean, but that, that seems like very like, bold. I don't think, I don't know. And I would don't know if I would have felt super comfortable just being like, hey, you know. I and mean, also for young people, it's like when you do ask, okay. I think for young people, people, it's different. Though. Are there at-home STD tests? That's what I was going to say. Like, uh, well, can a young person like pick it up no. at Planned Parenthood? And- no, because no, yeah. you do like the HIV test. Like, uh, Yeah, what was Mary like, Jane doing? She had a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. yeah. No, but I think, for, I think if I was younger, yeah. I'd be like, oh no, like I don't want to turn them off. Yeah. Right, right, right. Which is right, right. Really Yeah, and that all kind of stems like, from let me idea, live with like, syphilis. Yeah. <laughs> Then like there's the start early, about, yeah. yeah. Just but for, like, using protection, at least, but you know. The last 
um, the last and um, hopefully my last <laughs> encounter that I'll have, I was older. And I'm like, if he, if he gets turned off, he gets turned off. Yeah. 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 I'll peace out. At least I hope it was. Out, yeah. yeah. I definitely feel like we went, like we went to it, into it older, but I don't uh-huh. think I, you know. I don't think I would have asked yeah. if I was younger or when I was younger, I didn't ask. Yeah. It was just like, mm, all okay. you knew was condoms. Yeah. Yeah. Wrap it up. And Even I also then. feel like for women, it's hard to, um, pick a contraceptive. You know what I, I mean? Know. Like outside of condoms, which is obviously like you almost consider it like a standard and a regular, but birth control, it's like, I remember my biggest concern with birth control was weight gain, yes. which again goes back to like what you fucking prioritize when it comes <laughs> to things. Um, but, you know, with younger women that I know who I often like, you know, through your experiences, you're like, dude, this is what I did or whatever. Um, if I wasn't married, I'd probably go with the copper IUD because I feel like that's like a great option. And, you know, at Planned Parenthood, it's free and stuff like that. And it's hormone free and you have options, I guess yes. is what I'm trying to say, you yes. know? And it's like, if you didn't know that, you wouldn't know. And if you vote to defund Planned Parenthood, mm. then the girl that you knocked up won't have options or the girl you're trying to get in the sack um, won't have options. A lot options. of child support. <laughs> One thing that I did years. not know, even this is even... When I was married, uh, like I'm married now, but you know what I mean. <laughs> when I back was married, when, yeah. back when, um, I just didn't have that much education about uh, uh, the pill. And I was on the pill when we first got married, and like I'd do stupid things, like I'd miss it for like five days, oh, and then no. I would take them <laughs> no. because you know how they tell you oh, if you miss it for <laughs> one day, just take it. No, and then the, well, I did that one time. I went overboard and took like a bunch, and oh I my got gosh. so sick. Yeah, so sick. Because people like, do that well, to try to like self-abort. By the way, yeah, because like, that's handfuls. what basically that's what the morning after pill is. It's yeah. like a month's worth of. You know, birth control. Yeah, I had no idea. I had no idea. I think it wasn't like five. It was like, but it was a lot. It was like three, which is still kind of crazy. Up to a day, if you miss. I read anything after that, you have to be super careful. Yeah, actually, after that, I yeah, after that experience, when I got sick, I was like, I I I think you can only you can only do a day where you can take two the next day. Yeah. Um, and I I remember like after you know my 20s and stuff like, or like, you know, like teenhood and 20s and stuff. Another thing that really helped, especially if like you live with your parents or you're not sure or whatever, is like we had our group of friends and among us, there was always options. You know what I mean? Like some someone always had plan B somewhere and like whatever, or a pregnancy test or whatever, anything you kind of like needed. So I think like that's also a good thing for like groups of women. Like if you're a group of friends and you don't know whatever, just have those things available for each other because, you know, if you do need it. I mean, even if you, even the needing, but also having the group of women to talk about that stuff. That's so important to have just another female to be like, what do I do? Or what is this? I definitely feel like my, uh, my, probably like my high school all the way until literally, literally probably until I was like in, after I graduated high school and I was in junior college, it was a lot of like hush, hush and don't be a Uh slut and save yourself for marriage and whatever. That even if we did break those values that we thought we held so dearly, it was like, you just felt like all your girlfriends still clutch those so tightly Mm -hmm. that you would never say that. But I think like 
we all came to find out that we were all like until they all won by one, one by one dying off. <laughs> Those and values also, went like, to the wind. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that was kind of like unfair for our generation, and in such a huge way because of the age difference from the generation before yes. us. You know, there was like this expectation to stay within these like values and norms well, like into your twenties and this and that, and it's like. We are human beings. And I feel like our generation is so drastically different than the generations of the past. I mean, the internet. In a sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the internet. We're not getting married as soon as other generations have. We're not having babies. I mean, and for good reason too. Like they can't argue that like a lot of marriage was necessity and money and property and ownership. And and status. Exactly. Especially as a female. Like you went to college to get married. And that's not, you know, and people are like, oh, that was whatever a long time ago. Like, please. Like I was, I mean, I feel like as Americans, we're so freaking self-centered. But like today Uh I was reading about like, honor killings in Afghanistan and Pakistan and stuff like that. And it's like, it's like we've moved slightly forward, but it doesn't mean Things the whole consciousness still. shift has moved, yes. you know, and we have to keep pushing that so that they follow suit. But it definitely was our generation of like, we're in a new country than uh-huh. our parents. I think all of us, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And it is like a different kind of world. And I don't think... I don't blame my parents, but I don't think they knew that that education was needed to maneuver, you know, yeah. this yeah. new world and, and all that stuff. But again, another reason why Planned Parenthood is so important because I know the windows are fogged up and you have to press a button and that's yeah. weird, <laughs> but it definitely, I remember the first time I went, it was like... Anonymity. Once it you was there, a little, it's, it's yeah. You were there. For but sure. it's unfortunate that they have to do yeah, that. Yeah. That's the unfortunate I mean, and part. then certain ones in certain areas where there are like uh-huh. protesters outside yeah. and stuff like that. So that's like a, a different level. And I feel, and I don't think anyone, I think we should talk about the joys of having sex too. All right, I let's do it. Of course. You can get I don't way think, into that. You know, the late night hour. Like we don't know about our own anatomy. Right. So... You know, I think it's hard, like, having sex for the first time and, you know, women are like, oh, is this it? Or sometimes Especially with like, what you see on TV where yes, it's like, everything's it's like amazing orgasm, and then yeah. you perfectly orgasm together. Yeah. And then, like... It, you know what always bothers me now about TV sex is, like, when they're... Um, those like certain positions specifically like up against the wall type things where I'm like, no, you need like a sex swing to make that go against gravity. This poor (laughs) guy not only has to thrust, but has to hold your weight up. It's impossible. Unless like you weigh like a baby. Super annoying. (laughs) I was reading, I, you know, I'm always reading like a couple books at a time, but um, there is a Naomi Wolf book called Vagina. And it's about the idea that, okay, let me just say, when I first started like doing anything at all, I had no, like my mentality was so on this idea that a girl's value is so much held in her sexual behavior and Uh sexual exploits and stuff like that, that anything I did, my role was allowing him to do it. I had no participation other than you get to do this and this is, that's what you get. I mean, Uh you know what I mean? Like you- like I wasn't participating in the way I was just lending my body to this experience. And I have this amazing friend who was, um, you know, one of the, my circle of girls who like we were talking about is so important. And she really was so straight up and like her, she was like, what do you do? And my answer was like, I mean, I let him do whatever, you know what I mean? Exactly. And it wasn't even like, 
I wasn't participating. I was allowing him to walk into this like cave of wonders uh-huh. that I was told my whole life my body was. So I feel like that not only makes sex bad, but it makes you not realize why you're not enjoying having why, sex. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's like because it's and it's supposed to be an enjoyable thing. Yeah, between like two people, there's a reason yeah. why you know, the female anatomy and the male anatomy are the way they are is because like the the clitoris, oh, there's, so no, professional. there's no <laughs> other purpose for it other than, you know, Pleasure, female yeah. satisfaction. Yeah. So why would it be there if there's no other purpose for it? And I think it's important for younger females to understand that, that it's a, it's a, joyous experience totally. if known how to use it. Yeah. And it's okay to talk about it with, if you're going to have sex with someone else, especially being younger, I know that I've been in situations where it wasn't pleasurable because I was just too afraid yeah, to, say to say anything to the guy because then the guy wouldn't want to be with me. And then yeah. he's going to go back and talk to his friends and yeah. then I'm going to have a stigma. I don't remember <laughs> when it was, but I do remember seeing or hearing or something. I think it did again come from like my group of girlfriends where it was like something about like guys like, you know, like, and I don't think it's just men, right? But I think people, if you are direct and loving and honest, it's like people really do want to know what feels what better like. and yeah. what what They're, do you like, you know, not like- satisfied. Yeah. And if you approach it as not like you're doing something wrong, but here's what is more right, uh-huh. you know? Um, oh yeah, another thing that I also um, feel even like these, like in my current relationship and being the age I am now, is like this um, internal pressure I feel to want to try everything on the (laughs) spectrum of sex. And I have to be open. You know, not I have to, there's no pressure other than in my own mind and through like the media that I see that like, you should try this and you should be open to this. And I calm myself by knowing that like I'm married. I have yeah. plenty of time to like roll out all the tricks and try whatever I want. But there is a certain pleasure that or a pressure that comes from, I think, porn and other things that makes it seem like girls should like this. You should yes. be into this. Or you should the whole try this. Lady in the streets freaking the sheets. Yeah. Thing like, it's like oh, that's yeah. how you're supposed to be. Completely open. And it's almost like it takes there's so much about um my own like whatever, like feminist exploration that's, that's, that showed me the, the divide between what I think men want and what the real flesh and blood man I'm with says to me. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I remember in the beginning, it was like, um, do you want, do you want to try this? Like, would you, and it was more like, am I supposed to be okay with this? Uh, from the girls you've been with, is this a regular thing that girls are like, yeah, yeah. let's do anal. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Is that like a regular? And of course, like it, we've become more like open with our group of friends where, you know, we exchange those kinds of ideas and things get calmer, but sometimes it does feed into the like, yeah, try all of this stuff, even when you're not necessarily like Ready. Comfortable. Yeah. 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 And I think that's not good because if you're not ready, you're not going to enjoy exactly. it. Exactly. You're not going to like and it. especially like when you're younger. Yeah. And also your body, I'm sure, has these responses. When you're not ready and your mind's not there, your yeah. body's not literally open up to like- yes. it, been, it turns been, it into yeah. like a voyeuristic thing where mm-hmm. it's just like you're doing it so that you can later to a group of people say you're, you did yeah, it you did or it. you've been there. And then you feel crappy about it. Yeah, uh, exactly. Because you're like, that was- yeah. it, 
was nothing for me. I don't even, yeah. And you almost feel, I, I've, you know, I've gone through situations like that where I felt, I felt dirty afterwards. Yeah. You know, because I wasn't 100% committed to it. I wasn't ready for it. The thing that kind of opened my eyes was when the range of what people will say I should be open to doing, I was like, oh, okay, okay. I have to draw the line somewhere, so I might as well draw it where I want to draw it rather than like, try this and- I'm not even uh-huh. going to get into it. And I'm a, I'm a never say never type of person, especially because I'm married and I'm, I feel like I, you know, you know, like I, I'm not going to say no forever to anything, yes. but people In your assume, own time. Yeah. People yeah. assume you get married and you're just like, here's the whole treasure box. Yeah. Let's try everything <laughs> in one night. And I think that's indicative of like when you have a bridal shower and stuff like that. And like every gift is like, Penis. The weird thing is that, and I remember in the beginning, it was like, well, I'm, I'm adventurous. And I like that stuff. And there are certain things, you know, that I, I mean, I think especially with like toys and fun stuff, I'm into that kind of stuff expererimentally, but it was like, Am I supposed to use all this now? Yeah. Where do I like, put what this? What is this even? What is <laughs> yeah. that? Understand? And it's okay. <laughs> and it's okay if you do. Yeah. And it's okay if you don't. I took a human sexuality class, and the first thing that the professor said on the first day is, "You're not allowed to judge yeah. anything that people do because there's a lot of sexual fetishes out there." Yep. And some of them I don't agree with, but I don't judge it. Yeah. Which is fine because you know some people like. Feet. And yeah, just don't exploit like, young people. Yes, oh my don't God, do the that. feet thing. I don't, we were just I talking ne- about that. Oh Lord. Okay. That I will so, say I don't understand. <laughs> I don't, whatever. Like Not I judged, never thought I, I cared understand. about it until, or I never even thought about it. I was like, oh, whatever. Like <laughs> some people like feet, I guess. But um, there is this uh, movie on Netflix called uh, Little Death, which is supposed to be like a translation of Le Petit Mort, which is like, Little death in French, which means orgasm. Like, oh, wow. Which is very Why romantic, right? Death? I have no idea. I feel like it should be like. Anyway, life. yeah, this movie is called The Little Death, Little Death, whatever. It's on Netflix. I started this goddamn movie because my friend was like, oh, it's really good. You should watch it or something. It opens, and I, obviously I know it's sexual because it's about, you know, it even says uh-huh. the definition in the opening credits and stuff. And it starts with this guy basically making out with a foot. Oh, wow. And I don't know why. I don't know where I was hormonally in this at this time. But even Chevy was like, oh my God. Because I was like, ew, this is, I flipped out. It was so repulsive to me. I don't know where I was going with that, but that freaked me out. You said, <laughs> but you said the foot thing. Some it. people love it. Some out. people love it. You know, some people they like to be ridden like animals. Or I've dress up like, mm-hmm. or dress up dress like women. Up, yeah. You know, it's just. Yeah. I mean, I think sexuality is such a huge. Yeah. You have to be open. Yeah, really have yeah. to be open. And we, in you know, especially here in the states, we have not touched on it, and and a lot of Very other true. places, sexuality is such a private thing that yeah. happens within closed doors that you know, a lot of things happen and it's okay. As long as like, you're not molesting children yeah. exactly. and you're not pushing it on me yeah. and it's not hurting mankind, yeah. then it's Between fine. If that makes you happy. Esther Perel says you, however you can't many be PC. If you want yeah, to clip your nipples and yeah. get electric shock, that's I totally think that, fine. For me, I always have to like remind myself of 
because I feel like I would do anything that my partner was enthusiastic about doing. I think that is an important thing to focus on rather than the pressure by whoever, your yes. peer group, your the media or whatever, to try things Especially that- Especially as a female. Yeah. yeah, like I think that's the line for me because I feel like I can, I'm very open in that way if it, there's excitement and we're trying stuff and it's fun. But it's always when it's like, should I be doing that? Mm. You know, when I'm looking outward that I'm yeah. like, no, dude, like there is or no like, should I. Like you said, people who just do things just so they can brag about it or yeah. talk about it. It's yeah. like that end result is not the end result you should be thinking about. Exactly. It should be just about the experience with your partner and what you both are excited about. Yeah. Yeah. I think regardless, if you're with a partner that values and respects you, you're a sexual being to them. Yeah, totally. Regardless of how much TV they watch or media, yeah. like if you're ha having intimate relations. And I think that's another thing that girls need to know that if you're having intimate relations with someone, they shouldn't... But they shouldn't feel judged yeah. by like they're not doing enough or they're doing too much or mm -hmm. you and know. nobody is the same no you know? especially women like nobody is into and I've always been impressed by a lot of the guys that I know that I talk to about this kind of stuff like we work closely together or whatever and we always like have interesting conversations about these kinds of things and I do feel like there is a better understanding at least with young men that I talk to of women are unique and you can't really carry over techniques from one to the next because every woman likes something different. And yeah. in the book that I was reading um, by Naomi Wolf called Vagina, it was talking about the biology of women's um, anatomy or whatever, and that the nerve endings are all clustered in different places. So, mm. and that always helped me where like, if I was in a my peer group of, of girls and some girls like this, and some girls were raving about that, it was like, it reminded me that you could have nerve clusters all over down there that, and it's all different and it's as unique as a, th as a fingerprint. And you can't, you know, you can try different stuff. And I, I appreciate obviously like the open forum that we always have, but I'm always like, I don't really want to do that, but yeah. I feel like I'm pressured to like not be prude or not be yeah. whatever, especially when you get married. You're yeah. like, come on, you're married. You should be you're like an open. <laughs> yeah, you should be busting out the clown suit and yeah. shit. And like, I'm like, well, neither of us are really into okay diapers, you know? It's okay now, yeah. that's why. It's like, wait, but we forget that like, are you even fucking into that? Does yeah. that turn you on? Um, so yeah, it's not, there's no um, rubric, I guess. And that's that's been a new... Discovery. Even the, the prude thing too, like you said, like it is sad that people, that that's like a bad thing. You know, yeah. if I want to be prude, yeah. I'm prude. So what? You know, if I don't want to talk about something, so what? Like, it's just a private thing. I think that it, it's like the other side of this coin that you're supposed to be saintly until you get married and then you're like Whoa. all over the place. And it doesn't make sense in any way because it's like, how would you even know where to, what to do, where to go, what things to draw from? Yet it's taboo to be sexually active outside of marriage and it's taboo to be prude inside of marriage mm -hmm. or uninformed or non-experimental. And I've, I've heard it a lot from people my age and you know, older where it's like, go for it. Yeah. And it's like, okay, it's not, it's not like the, the Pandora's box open and I got married. Like it's like you said, like it's a journey a and it's a spectrum yeah. and you can yeah. try different things. And I think obviously like we have, we're continuously evolving. So we'll, we'll be into new things later in life and, and it's we'll see. fun also to just experiment with each other and slowly come to this yeah. like, understanding and, you and know, what each other likes. Exactly. Yeah. 
But going back to that, that was, you know, Charlotte's problem in Sex and the City. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's why he couldn't get it up because he didn't want to see her not being seen. Right, oh, right. Yeah. That makes total yeah. sense. Uh, Trey. He had to betray. Had Trey, to and oh, Trey. Trey and his mom. Yeah. Or he was thinking about his mom. Yeah, yeah. Bunny. Bunny. God, Bunny. Gross. I'll just never forget that uh, episode know, where, where she's walking. Walking. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. It There definitely is like this kind of fine line. It's so hard. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, I've realized that with marriage or at least within my marriage, there are certain things about a new relationship that I won't experience again, you know, Uh like that butterfly feeling. But I do feel like I get that with knowing there is like these sexual things that we can like experiment with and we'll eventually get there. And even if we don't get there, the options are plentiful rather Mm -hmm. than this pressure to like, because like at first, like the first year or two, just not within our relationship, but exterior and and with the girls that I feel comfortable speaking sexually about it's like have you tried this try it do it and I know I I'm sure I contribute to that myself in whatever wherever I'm at and you know and the conversation itself isn't bad you know because it's exciting to like talk about that with your girlfriends and like have you and like whatever but it's when the pressure comes in to do those things yeah yeah okay so my whole thing which is this is where we're gonna get to the NSFW portion <laughs> of the evening. Um, there was always this thing, and this is like a huge thing in porn, right? Facials. Oh, yeah. Huge in porn, absolutely huge. For me, like- I can't. I no. can't do it. I no. just can't do it. And he won't do it either. God bless. Yeah. <laughs> There's something so like- It seems demeaning no. to me, and I maybe it's not- for people it is demeaning. and it's yeah. just like I feel like it's meant to be demeaning. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Not to say that I feel like if you're into it, be into it. Yeah. But That's I started fine. feeling like, wait, should I do this because no. he would be super into it? And again, it's like getting these mixed ideas of like stuff you see often. And if it's a category <laughs> on Pornhub, does that mean that like shit? That's like so horrible. It's, it's really horrible. Oh my gosh. And it's just like, oh God. Um, but transitioning from that. That's just like an example of like, for me, it's like, oh my God, it's so everywhere because it really feels like it's everywhere. And it's like, even in conversations you have, it's like a thing. And and with a lot of girlfriends of mine, it's like, yeah, it's cool. And it's for me, no, it's no. like, I have I can't to know. Judge. I can't judge. You have to be comfortable cool. enough to say, not for me. Yeah. As yes. much as you're comfortable saying, sure, I'll try okay that. For you, you know, not for me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I think but that's really important. Going back to um, porn, yes. what do you guys think about porn within your relationships as women who are married slash um, about to be married. Blinding us with that rock, girl. <laughs> I was waiting for you to answer. <laughs> um, Don't you be know? sorry. <laughs> you know where you are right now? Look at these pink windscreens on my mics, okay? Um, you know, I don't mind it, but my significant other doesn't, doesn't, he doesn't really care for it. Personally or with like, you? With me. Okay. Yeah. And I don't mind that he watches it on his own. Right, right, right. It's not yeah. that big of a deal to me because at the end of the day, it's like fantasy. That's yeah. how I always felt about it too. It's, it's like, like I'm the real thing. If you watch it, it's not really, yeah. you know, it doesn't really bother me. Yeah. You know, I don't. It's not like I a betrayal. There's yeah. no like weirdness. I just don't like, if I'm going to watch porn, I just hate like the big guy and like the big Breasted girl. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, oh my God. Like, you know, yeah. I just don't yeah. like that. Like, I like the raw stuff. <laughs> like the amateur. <laughs> you know what? Like, I feel like it's probably more real. It's yeah. like, per- like, if it was just a me, 
I would to- like I'm in line with that, but <laughs> in a joint experience, I need I, it needs to be between soft and hardcore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 I'd yeah. rather it be like a movie where there's like, like not it's like skin and mask. You like the plot? Yeah, <laughs> like, not that I like the plots. I like that it's not just okay. I feel like if you're watching porn for yourself, you're just like get to the thing, yes. right? I feel like if it's like a couple thing, it's more of like playing in the background. It's a movie. It's, like a it's, kind of, it's like a yeah. French. Yeah. It's like a French more movie. Like this voyeuristic thing, where you're literally watching two real people have sex. Yeah, you know? yeah. Or or, or, or like, like more amateur, like because it's like not like a porn star, and <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. like this fake. I'm always like, um, which I know the majority of porn doesn't focus on what women like and stuff like that. Which Shark Tank, somebody needs to capitalize on that. Yeah. But for me, it's always like. I need the guy to not be a creepy older dad, oh. creepy gross guy. Yeah, because where he's all roided out, oh. it's gross. Like, oh, like, yeah, like, like for me, for like, some reason, it's like his... an age thing too. Like, yeah. you can't be old. That freaks me they out. Ever have hair down there? Have you noticed that? Well, I mean, because the the camera gets so close, it get caught in like the, <laughs> get on I, the know, buzz. I know. But they're the always screen. like older guys. Yeah, they are always older guys and. And I know that's 100% intentional. The girls look like they're fucking teenagers and the guys, because they barely show them, are like 30. And it's like, I don't want to see gray chest hair. That's fucking Have gross Have you ever me. watched the, the porn awards on Showtime? No, but I was in Vegas during the AVN awards or whatever they're called. Oh, and literally really? people were like walking around half naked. It was crazy. Yeah. It was like trashy prom. Yeah, that's the AVN awards. Seth yep. and I watched it this year just for shits and giggles. Do you guys what know- the awards for I mean, oh, there are like best blowjob, best no like threesome. Way. Yeah. It's a whole industry. I mean, there are, I've never, um, besides like Jenna Jameson, like I don't know porn stars by their. Yeah, I do know one. I was going to ask. I yeah. do know one and it's, she, oh man, I forgot her name, but she's very controversial because she's Lebanese. Oh. And she's. I know like, who you're talking about. Yeah, I don't. I forgot her name. I don't know. Her family's like trying to murder her or something. Yeah, probably. No like, she's like the only. I, I think she's like one of the only Middle Eastern porn stars, but she's huge. Outwardly, so. anyway. Outwardly, oh, yeah. she's big. Yeah, but then they're yeah outwardly definitely. I feel like that's what I find weird, um, and maybe that's just me again. We're in a non-judging space, right? <laughs> but like when people know multiple porn stars, and uh-huh. and even this. Um, Playboy chick that like she Snapchatted somebody in a dude. She's getting like about it. She basically Snapchatted a a naked woman in her gym and said, um, "If I can't unsee this, neither can you." And she was just like making fun of this woman. Oh, but okay. So obviously, was the woman bigger or something? Or uh, it was kind of blurred out when we saw it. And she's just a fucking regular lady at the gym whose body looks good at the gym when you're naked. She's at the gym trying to change or whatever. Yeah, it was a gym. So basically, um, of course, she gets like raked over the coals on social media. Like, how could you uh-huh. do this? She lost her job at the radio station she was at. Like, did she think that she wasn't going? Like, I mean, what was she? I thinking? didn't. And like in California, it's illegal to post anybody naked without their consent. So well, she's being investigated. She might yeah. be fined or have a short jail sentence. They're obviously, to find mostly the lady fined. who was. The yeah, picture yeah. because they want to see if she wants to press charges. Damn. And if I were Stefan, we were watching it on the news, <laughs> and I was like, I would if I was her, and I would too. I feel it's like I rude. would too because, like, not you did that without she permission. Post, yeah, it's. I mean, she's definitely like uh, in our Kiss My Angeles Girls group or whatever. It was um, someone posted, and we were uh-huh. talking about how like. You know, with the internet, you know, every mistake you make, whether you know it's a mistake or not, you know, is going to, you have to really think about that. And 
I was even thinking that because I was really cashing in on this like Kim Kardashian, Taylor Swift drama on Twitter. There is. It's it's super shallow and 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 I really um, and I think everybody in, on social media really basked in it because of how much really like real shit has been happening that this really shallow celebrity drama happened and it was like we were all basking in it. So it was something um, stupid by the time this airs, it'll be old news. But um, uh, Kanye has a line in a song about Taylor Swift and it's kind of degrading. Um, and there was this whole thing after his album came out about him degrading Taylor Swift and, uh, you know, saying the line about her. And he immediately came out and said he told her about the line and she was cool with it and he pre-approved it before that. And she had come out or whoever saying, no, she never approved it. That conversation never happened. They had one conversation. It was super brief. She blew it off. And of course, all the sympathy goes to this like little- Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, all American American girl who Kanye is always like whatever doing what he does. Mind you, The Life of Pablo came out months ago, right? Months ago. Uh Uh-huh. Kim Kardashian yesterday. Oh my God. It's National Snake Day. (laughs) So basically on her Snapchat, she snapped a recorded conversation with Kanye (gasps) and Taylor Swift on the phone. No. Reading her the lyric, saying, are you cool with this? I just wanted to run it by you. Basically put her on blast completely. And the Twitter was like, Literally the hashtag was like, um, Kim exposed Taylor party or something Damn, like people. And I think no. really because so people- So she can't hide behind. ruthless. It was so, such a needed, shallow, superficial break from like the real Whoa. excruciatingly painful things that are happening. Following that. It was amazing. And I have no problem she, as a proclaimed feminist like diving into that stuff because I can't deal yeah. with- And like literally- well, sometimes to, you have to turn your brain off and just- All yeah, I was reading yeah. about today was honor killings. Please. Yeah. I need Kim Kardashian in my life yeah. for cer- certain things like that. But um, it was really interesting. That's, I don't know how we got onto I this really tangent, but that. it was- um, I don't know. I don't know either, there. but it was amazing. Just body shaming and then- shame. Oh yeah, the shaming. body yes, shaming. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. So after this happened, I like tweeted something about like, I love when the people everybody thinks are evil expose who, you know, the, the supposed hero who turns out to be like a lying cunt. Yeah. And then later I realized that like oh. my own feminist like exploration is like, you know, t- d- like calling women things that are like, names for female reproductive things, but in a mm, negative, like, uh-huh. those are the, I just, I mean, cunt isn't one of my favorite curse words and I really? have to almost like replace it because it's, I love it's, it. I, me too. I don't I, I say pussy now it. too, but I'm always like, like pussycat, like pussycat. I'm not I being. Know. You know, I, know. I don't love it just because my husband's from Ireland, right? And uh-huh. he has this accent that's like really thick and intense. Like cunt. And yeah. like, it's so normal for them to say <laughs> yeah. that word. And when he says it, it like, is like a dagger. Like really? in football, when he's watching football, he'll say it. And I'm just like, ouch. Like I feel it. It's just it's so It's one intense. of my favorite Christmas so I don't love it. I love it. And I love twat too. <laughs> I, I do like that. I, I know. But I know that there is like an association between like using these like aggressive, you know, like, I don't know. I know. And I know. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be like super overly like, social justice warrior or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But I had to like check myself a little. Mm. Deleted that tweet, but I kept yeah. going with the other stuff. <laughs> um, but if I was a like, celebrity, that tweet would have been I just feel like I have to grab. switch out <laughs> because there is like a consciousness of, of curse words that relate specifically to women and there's a lot of them, you know? Yes. Yeah, you can call someone a dick. Yeah, but like-, like a motherfucker. Yeah, the, more bitch. of our curse words are like degrading towards women. <laughs> yeah. And, Most of them are, yeah. And I know people- 
it's easy to take things these things lightly, but for me, it's always like, it's not like violence against women isn't real and it isn't a glaring problem. So it's like, uh, whatever. But that was the whole thing. It was just like, I still do certain things like that too, but you have to kind of just be like, okay, I have to start bettering myself. Editing. Yeah. And I <laughs> so so it. it is hard because there's certain things that we've done for so long and we do want to check ourselves, yeah. but. And we don't see, I mean, it's like uh, saying faggot for gay people or yeah. whatever, where it's like, I know socially it turned into, and I've had conversations with people like this. We were talking about Ramin, uh-huh. um, who don't see it as a derogatory slur because it's evolved yeah. into a just a curse word. It's slang, but you know, it's like you got to be better. You yeah. know, you got to be better. And yes. a especially with the f word or whatever. Like, I mean, none of us are gay, yeah. so it's like we can't just be like, ah, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but gay people. I mean, especially I mean in the current events in Orlando, it's not like we can ignore that these things are still very taboo and- And they are, are happening. Yeah, yeah, and they originated with the idea that women are less than or homosexuals are less than or, you know, I really believe that like the hatred of homosexuals stems from the, you know, the deep-rooted like thing against women. Uh-huh. We're not wanting to be like a woman or whatever. This got kind of deep, but I love <laughs> the curse word that yes. I'm trying. But it's hard sometimes because I sometimes I have to- edit myself in a patient's room. Yeah. Because I'll get really friendly with them, especially with someone- <laughs> Super cash. Hi. Yeah, especially with someone that, you know, that's kind of close to my age range and like, we're just cool. And then I start like throwing F-bomb and shit. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh yeah. I need to be professional. Yeah. I was watching- That's our um, school too a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Where you're kind of like, I cuss more than anybody I know, yet I was watching a Tony Robbins documentary on Netflix- <laughs> Not for the faint of heart, but anyway, I was watching it because I love documentaries. And the first thing I noticed was how much he cursed. Tony Robbins? And I'm not against that at all, but I did notice that initially I was like, oh my God, he cusses a lot. And then Chevy walked out mid me watching this documentary. First thing was like, oh wow, he really curses. And I was like, man, especially because of the podcast, I'm like, I know that I do, but Sometimes in podcasting and in writing, I'm like, if it's not necessary to say the F word, maybe just take it out. Mm. Yeah. Don't be so extra, Sarah. (laughs) Geez, better yourself. I don't really care. Like, it's just, you know, I don't think anything less of the person. Yeah, Yeah. I heard it's a stress reliever. Unless like they're throwing like racial slurs or like derogatory in a negative way. Yeah. I got to the point where like someone would say something like, you don't have to cuss. And I'd be like, did I just cuss right yeah. now? And that really worried me. I actually, <laughs> I'm not even aware. Yeah. My husband, uh, we were like talking and <laughs> we went with, to church with my family one time. Oh, and no. He had no idea. And church I was like, cussing. Dude, you are in church. Oh, <laughs> he was man. like, what? I didn't. I was like, yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel when like non-Muslims come to Ramadan and they're like wearing something that I'm like. <laughs> or bringing a bottle. <laughs> yeah. Or like, should I bring wine? Or like, like wearing a red okay. dress. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and I know no one's going to say anything to them, but I'm like, oh God, <laughs> this is not appropriate. Um, no, but I say the same thing to my significant other. Like he'll say, it's in the goddamn closet. I'm like, did you really have to use goddamn to say closet? Is it really that? And why do you use the Lord's name in vain? <laughs> have you, what do you, okay. I. Um, how do you feel like your perception of your own sexuality or your sex life or your understanding of female sexuality has changed since you've been in your long-term relationship. It really doesn't have to be like, oh, I bought a swing. But like, you know what I mean? Like what changed in that? Especially because I think we all, like I said, kind of came from parents who weren't necessarily like some of the 
white people that I know who are like, yeah, I can talk to my mom about anything. No, and I no. asked her and this and that. I was no. like, what? Like, I'm still at the point yeah, where I'm like, no. mm, my, I'm pushing that boundary. I'm, my, I'm, I'm love to, me, like, I'm totally when you said that, yeah, I'm like, I'd I love do. to do Why that. Why not? My, like, I yeah. asked my mom, what are they like, gonna mom, say? have you ever had an orgasm? She's like, oh my goodness, what's <laughs> orgasm? And I'm like, don't oh bullshit God. me. I'm like, come on. I'm like, if you don't know, then. I love you, dude. And she's like, she's like, why are you talking about And I'm like, come on, mom. It's like a sneeze, I'm like, you want to be best friends. She always says, like, I'm your best friend. I'm like, you want to be best friends? This is what you got to do. That's amazing. Um, I came from a really, uh, you know, conservative family. You know, my my parents were pretty conservative. Like I said, we didn't learn about sex in school. My mom sure didn't teach me about sex. You know, it was very like... What would she say? You know, she was just uh, here's this thing you're never allowed to do until you're married (laughs) and then figure it out. Like avoidance. Um, Yeah. So for me, that that thing was always in the back of my head. But you have older sisters, right? I do, yeah. Did you do a lot of your questions? Like for me, I had older cousins and it always came to when I got my period, they were. Because my mom had um, mini mattresses as pads. (laughs) Oh my God. Thank God bless my cousin. They were like boats. They didn't even have wings. When you walked, you had to walk like a little duck because you're afraid. Yeah, the first time that I knew that I had to begin (laughs) introducing my mom to things, I was like, mom. Um, never buy Kotex maxi pads again. You need to buy the ones with wings that are thin. Well, my mom, even when I told her I wanted to wear tampons, she was just like, but that's going to make, you know, you're not going to oh, yeah. be a virgin. It was, yeah, after I, I mean, not because of anything, but like just the fact that when, I feel like when I did get married, it's like the gates are open. Like yeah. you said, well, you were able exactly to push that. How yeah. I felt. So I felt like since I did feel like the stigma and I was kind of too yeah. afraid and even myself, I felt shame with things. Yeah. But then when I got married, I was just like, freedom. You know, like, you know I'm yeah. having sex, so let's yeah. talk about it. I had a Persian fine. doctor tell my mom like, tampons are okay. Yeah. She's like, little 15 year old girls are wearing them yeah. for swim. Like they're, it's, it's fine. Important. My yeah. parents sent us to um, a youth group camp with our Islamic center which now people would probably think is an ISIS training camp, but it was actually very positive and life-changing. Fuck it. There goes your stereotype. Um, And there was a segment that they did, God bless them, called Everything You Wanted to Know But Were Too Afraid to Ask. And they were, they separated the girls and the boys, which are those ages that we were at, it was very appropriate. And that question did come up about tampons. And I, this girl, Samira, who... um, was a camp counselor at the time was, I think she was the one that was like, listen, you know, you know what it means to be a virgin and to not be a virgin. And it means sexual intercourse. Like, cause my grandma would be like, you can lose your virginity riding a bike, but think about it. Like you can't fuck a bike. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not, you're not gonna, you know what I mean? Like you're not gonna lose this like really arbitrary and kind of fake socialized thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you have sex, then you're not a virgin. And it's not like, and I, I recently learned that there's no such thing as your hymen popping. It's just like more like it stretches or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it doesn't pop. There is no like, it's not like a saran wrap film of like, like, like yeah, like yo, yo play yogurt. Yeah. <laughs> you open it. No. Fucking snack packs. Yeah. My vagina is not a snack pack. There's a campaign for you. There's a billboard. That is a good one. No. But yeah, it was, they were the ones that were, you know, closer to our age and we're like, when you have sex, you're not a virgin anymore. 
no tampon is going to take your virginity or whatever. And then there was also, you know, a lot of things culturally where they'll back it up like, well, you can get toxic shock with mm. tampons and whatever. <laughs> TSS. Yeah. And again, these camp counselors were like, you can get sick by not changing your pad yeah. often yes. enough. Like, don't think it's just these, you know, like God strikes down on the women who use tampons with toxic shock. Like it can happen in any situation and, you know, you can use them and actually a young woman that I know now, and I think it's because of how we were socialized, uses liners 365. Oh, oh wow. And really? her doctor was literally like, you need to stop. Yeah. Because it's cha- It's like, you know. Doesn't that change the, the pH yeah. back? The pH, like yeah. the flora, yeah. But I think it's a very common, like, anything that comes out is like to be hidden and tossed away and discarded and whatever. Yeah. And I remember seeing a lot of like, Liner Costco boxes of liners. And for me, it's like, you know, I'm never, luckily there was never this like over overtly like embarrassed idea of like, I need to collect and throw away. Mm. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, you know? I never felt the need to wear a liner all the time. Like I know no, that there's discharge, no. you know, for women, but it never that's felt what, like yeah, I needed to... Hundreds. Although when I first, yeah, like saying. I didn't, when I was very young, I didn't know that that was normal. Uh-huh. I definitely thought I was sick. It's know? a pulsing, oh. juicy yeah. orga- organism. Yeah. Yeah. orgasm. But you know what I mean? Things are happening. Yeah, definitely. I had, um, I remember when I started, I told my mom that I was going to go wax my vagina mm-hmm. and she was just like, why do you need to do that? Mm. Like, are you having sex? And I'm like, no, it's like That's- a hygiene thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's, you know. Were you having sex? Um, yes, I was. <laughs> don't worry. I don't think your mom follows me on Facebook. No, no, no. I don't think she does. No, I was. And it was honestly, it wasn't even for that. It was just like, I've just, you know, I yeah, wanted yeah. to try it. I felt cleaner. And I went to like this really famous lady out in um, Sherman Oaks. Pink Cheeks? Yes. Hell yeah, I Cindy. Love I love Cindy. God Dude, bless God that bless woman. her. Yes. Amazing. Honestly. And I told, you know, I told her, I'm like, oh, are you busy a lot? And she's like, sweetie, two things never go out of style. Hygiene and sex. And 100%. Was yeah. I was like, okay, Cindy done and done. changed my life. Let me be she honest. Did. Like, because yeah. in LA, you're either going to Pink Cheeks or you're getting waxed at your nail salon. <laughs> I and please to, don't get waxed at your nail I salon. I know, don't. I used to drive from Orange County. I would get the 6 a.m. appointment wow. or 5 a.m. appointment on Damn, like Fridays. Wow. Yeah. No, she's, she's a magician. Five strips and you're done, dude. Wow. And on top of that- you go in there and it's like not a, it's, she's been in business forever mm-hmm. and she's done. I remember one day I was sitting next to Kelly Rowland. She got famous from the Playmate show, I think. Like they really put Pink Chinks like super on the map. Like I think she, one of her first clients is Pamela Anderson. Mm-hmm. And she's um, amazing. Yeah. But when you walk into her salon, it's like the last thing you feel is that you're at like one of those LA. Yeah. It's no. a very homey. And totally. I'm talking about like quilt. Like quilt on the, <laughs> they sell like the dog toys and accessories in the yeah. lobby. It's I like one of those. That. Like she's super like LA yeah. for sure. Yeah. I remember the first time I got waxed, I was so scared. And it's one of those things like the OBGYN. Like they've seen everything. And yeah, I just have to remind myself that like I was like I'm I'm I don't I didn't have any diseases yeah. or anything yeah. like that. So I have to remember like she's seen yeah. this. She yeah. does this every day. Yeah. It's gonna be okay. Cindy makes you feel honestly. I said. Okay, I'm self-conscious about a lot of things on my body. My vagina is not one of them. So I've never felt like, I feel like, I feel like my vagina is normal, yeah. you know? And, yeah. and I feel like that's a victory for, like we nitpick at everything, but I've always said like, 
I have no problem with you seeing my vagina. Yeah. yeah. But I have one of my good friends, Tamara, who um, recommends me to everything. Like, she told me about pink cheeks. She told me about lasering, which was my next, like, progression. Um, and I, as much as I love Cindy, it's like laser. Lasers. I know. The next I know. Amazing. I and she's so it. not about it, but it's I great. love her. Um, and, oh, yeah. So, okay, after that, uh, something happened where, like, I couldn't get a pink cheeks appointment for whatever. And another friend was like, oh, go what? to this place that also does nails. Oh, my oh, God. no. I was oh. like, I will never forgive you. Oh, so my it's hard to come back from like oh a bad. Oh my god! Oh, it shouldn't like where take like yanking and like it took like an hour. Oh. It took like an hour. Oh. I mean, when you go to Pink Cheeks, I'm telling you, she's done with you in 10, 10 15 and minutes. She slaps max. your butt. <laughs> she's like I done, you know, and you're totally fine. <laughs> this lady took like an hour. It was so miserable. So for all the women out there, this is my go-to advice. Go to a place that only does the thing that you're looking that to, do. Supposed yeah. to do. Yeah. Go to an eyebrow place. Don't go to a nail place that does eyebrows. Go to a nail yes. place that just does nails. Go to a bikini waxing, lasering, whatever. If you go to a nail place that does nails, eyebrows, vagina waxing, like oh. you're going to get screwed everywhere, you know? And I it? heard that they just turn a lot of places that don't have the license to do waxing just... That's why if you go in that back room, there's all these supplies because they don't have the license to do that. And that's just a supply closet. Oh my God. But they do do those things. And I don't know if that was the case where I went, but I cannot imagine this lady was licensed to do what she did. I mean, I had to stop her. I mean, you know, I was like, I could never do this again. And I went to lasering after that, but... um, because of ingrowns and stuff like that. But Pink Cheeks was like, I didn't even know waxing like that was possible. And after that, I was like, never again. Yeah. Never She's again. She's awesome though. Yeah, she is. She's so sweet too. And there are signs on the ceiling when you're laying back no with like, yeah, yeah, no whining, no caterwauling, no, you know, like no screaming this and that. And honestly, waxing hurts no matter where you go and what happens. Yeah. I don't give a shit. The vagina is like, sensitive. Yeah. It is. But at least you have somebody who's like quick, ripping yes. the Band-Aid off. These freaking other people who are not licensed. It's just like, like it's like they're doing your eyebrows. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But you know how deep rooted these hairs are? <laughs> Shit. It was horrible. So that's definitely my advice um, for young, young women as far as like hygiene. Um, and keep it clean. People's. Yeah. You know what? You know when they ask you to go, like, do you need to use the restroom before? Do it. Go. They have wipes in wipes. there. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? If you're uncomfortable, take a shower before you go. That's yeah. what I do. Because I feel like, you know what? Even if, you know, I'm getting there and it's hot or whatever, I know I at least took a shower. It's not yes. going to be bad. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Interestingly, a friend of mine this is a friend. Um, and I know that this is like, you know, this is kind of where like internally there's conflict. Uh, he is a guy and was saying that he, it was almost like a deal breaker for him if it was like completely taken care of down there. Oh, like completely he, bare. He liked a little bit of Actually, know. yeah, a lot of people I yeah, I've I remember Wolf of that. Wall Street where he's like, "Dad, you don't even know these women, they don't have hair below their eyebrows." <laughs> I was like, I think "Damn it's right." The whole idea where it's like, you know, young girls have it all gone and it's just like this weird association. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Becky, you're uh, Persian. Yes. The hair factor. Oh god. Oh, my god. Oh my god. My whole uh, life plagued my mom didn't let me shave my legs until, I want to say like eighth grade. Me too. 
they called me Wolfie Legs. Oh, oh my no. God. Nobody ever said anything to Kids my face, God worst. bless. I swear they called me Wolfie Legs. I no remember. I wanted to go out with me or no boy, I should say. Do you remember? Okay, we had um in junior high, we had our gym clothes and then <sighs> they also gave you sweats for the winter. But like even in not the winter, I'd wear them under my gym clothes because <laughs> I didn't have shave my legs. And my mom would be like, you can't even, you can barely tell my hair is going to come out. Oh my God. And then, let me just tell you, okay, how little the generation before you really helps. But, (laughs) and it's fine, you know, and I really do believe sometimes, you know, you have to teach your parents, especially your moms, you know, know, if they don't know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when I went to uh, Lebanon and Syria in 2008, and it's so funny, I was like, almost not mocking, but I was like, oh, looking down upon these like 15 and 16 year old girls who didn't know how sex worked. Uh Meanwhile, like there is still a lot of stuff that we didn't know either, you know? Definitely. So um, when my mom finally, she was like unwilling to like, let me really like do, you know, start doing that. Cause I I understand her thing. It's like, once you start hair removal, it's like your whole life. But Arabs do this thing where they like turn the stove on (laughs) and they like, you like run your, like let's say your arm hair or something. What? Yeah, right. You could do your leg too, but like it's a lot harder. But you could like run your arm over and it just bur- it just singes, sizzles, singes no the hair off. And, and it works? It's okay. Literally for like me, I was like, I don't give burn. a fuck what method you want. Like if it's, you know what I mean? I was just like, for some reason it was more organic to them. Do they don't know what the, the fuck they're talking about. It was um, a struggle <laughs> until it got to the point where it was like, who are we fooling? No. I'm telling you, like a lot of my adolescence was realizing how much those older than me didn't know themselves or yeah. were trapped into, into these like socialized ideas that, you know, what's proper and what's not or whatever. Um, meanwhile, you know, our generation is battling the fact that I'm, my peer group, you know, is dyeing their hair in four, you know, fourth, fifth and sixth grade and perming it and shaving their legs and doing their eyebrows and stuff like that. And not that at this age, I feel like I missed anything, but definitely remember that pressure. And I remember being in high school and I hadn't done my eyebrows yet. And this girl telling me like, oh my God, that would open your face up so much. And that only made me feel like, oh my God, my face is like closed, (laughs) you know? And it's like, I get what they were trying to like protect us from, but... I remember body hair is like a huge oh, thing. Yeah, God arms. bless lasering though. For all us Middle Eastern people, yes. lasering is the holy grail. Um, Sorry, Cindy. But <laughs> my mom tried to um, thread my legs. Like, oh, that's God. a really long time. She tried. She had oh to my stop. God. The hair was like too thick. It would break the, would break the thread. <laughs> or like homemade wax. Have you uh, guys seen? The sugar. You need to see that. The, there, isn't there like the Nair roll-on thing? You need to see this movie. I'm telling Stacey because she is a actress and she is a fan of film. I don't know if you've seen it. It's called Caramel. No. But in Arabic, it's called Sikkar Banat, which means like um, the sugar of women, which is waxing uh-huh. sugar. So Middle Eastern women... We make wax, right? It's sugar, lemon. Um, I literally think yeah. sugar and lemon. That's yeah. it. You like yeah. that's it. You make your own little ball of wax, <laughs> you and just you reuse use this, it. Yes, you use this <laughs> ball of wax to continuously like shave your legs. Oh my! It is the most painful. I don't it's know. Like continuous pain. God bless Arab women. I mean, they really have a high pain tolerance. But there's really beautiful um, Lebanese film. I think it's on Netflix. It's called Caramel. 
It's so beautiful. It's really modern. And it's about these uh, young girls who work at a salon. Mm. Um, and it's it's a beautiful, beautiful narrative. Um, I wa- I've watched Sorry. it so many times. Are you allergic to the dogs? <laughs> no. Oh. I, I think I like petted one of the dogs and I touched my yeah. eyes and I just got a reaction. There is a lot of dander in the <laughs> yeah. mouth. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, it's I got to get my cleaning lady. I know. <laughs> I told my cousin, she was on the racism podcast and I was like, take a Claritin, okay? Because God Be knows. It's literally only 16 because she, 100%, we've had her and Russell it's Before, only 16, I think. It's only 16. Yeah, because I was really Russell's hypoallergenic. That's so weird. She's the only one that has... Russell's hypoallergenic and 16, uh, and uh, Machi is as well, because Chevy's yeah. allergic to cats and he's not allergic to her. Oh, but Jesus. we're both... Sometimes if she like like bites at my arm a little bit, I, bit. Start, I break out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you know, she bit on my hand and I forgot to yeah. watch her. Mm. Yeah. I might have some. It's okay. I've there. got like Susie or anything. I just sound um. congested all of a sudden. <laughs> it's like I progressively got <laughs> sick. Um, but yeah, we've been... Talking for like two and a half hours, and I love this conversation. But I kind of want to like end on, yeah, like oh wait, we were talking about like what did you learn about yourself and in terms of your sexuality and your reproductive health after you got into a serious relationship? Because I know there are a lot of what ifs when you're experimenting with new sexual partners or even with yourself or whatever. Was there kind of like an enlightenment in being in a relationship where not only you were allowed to be freer, but society also allowed you to be free. So all, both of those things came in, in line. And like, what happened after that? Something that I thought was so interesting is like literally day after I got married, like my, all the aunts that were like, so, like, <laughs> so how was it? Like, yeah, how'd like it go? yesterday it was the most taboo thing. And yeah, like, yeah, today exactly. it's like, you want to know, you want me to talk about it all. But Arabs like, have this thing, like, how would you fare? Like, how would mm-hmm. you, how'd it go? You yeah. know, like really uh, kind of like vague. Jokes, <laughs> like you guys were up all night and it's like, oh God. So um, I just did, but I did love the the liberation part of it all. That mm-hmm. freedom was really exciting to me. And then it was it was something like I said, since my family was so conservative, the freedom was for myself too. It wasn't just like me talking about it, but I did internally feel really liberated and felt like I could do anything. And you yeah. know, I I had this person that I trusted, and we could experiment together. And that part of it was it's just fun. You know, I mean, did it feel like? <clears throat> do you think it felt like that because the pressure you felt, whether it was you know, real or imagined or whatever from the culture was lifted in your own mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, and especially we were talking about like getting closer with your parents or your yeah. mom specifically in those terms. It was like, now I don't have to tiptoe. Be like, or, hey, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my mom's I constantly yeah. asking me when we're having kids. So it's like, she wants, she knows it's happening, wants yeah. it to happen, you know? So that what about you, Becky, besides nice. asking your mom if she wears lingerie anymore? Oh, gosh. You know, I've gone through like a mixed, um, a lot of mixed emotions. Um, I've He makes me a lot more confident and mm-hmm. secure. But at the same time, I'm like, man, why does it need to make, like, I should have felt like that on my own. Yeah. And then, but at the same time, you know, he makes me feel sexy and beautiful. Do you think it's him or do you think it's this I think it's new me. relationship? Oh, it's totally me. Okay. It's me and my whole perception right. of what, you know. Like when it's appropriate to be yeah, that way. Yeah. yeah. And then also at the same time, you know, I'm really excited to have babies with yeah. him or have his babies or our babies. Um, 
But at the same time, I'm scared. Like, what if I can't give that to him? You know, am I going to look, am, am I going to, is his family going to look down upon me? Or like my new family? pressures. Yeah. But overall, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> definitely agree. I feel like I went into it very like, because I feel like I was exposed to porn younger than I was exposed to actually like the realities of like being sexual or whatever. So when it was like, oh, all the taboo was lifted, it was like, let's try this and let's buy these things and laundry and this and that. But yeah. I feel like I was lucky that, which I, I mean, I was lucky of course to have met somebody like that, but I knew marrying him that this was somebody that, you know, A, I feel like he has a certain amount of experience and B, he's definitely the type of person that like, with most guys, like you're not going to surprise guys in your sexual yeah. like yeah. fantasies or whatever, or what you want to try. I don't, I think it's very rare that a guy is like, what? Yeah. You know, I think so. He's very like open in that way and also um, has served in a, in a big way for me as like an educator. Because even yeah. though I had my certain amount of experience in college or whatever, it wasn't at this like, you know, like mature level. And I feel like that also helped me not succumb to the things of, that I felt like I needed to do. Or Pressure, I needed to, yeah. yeah. Because for him, it was like, hey, dude, he he was already at the point where it was like, it's not fun unless you're into it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not yeah. like a thing like, yeah, we should do it. It's like, it's not going to mean anything unless you're like totally there and immersed into the experience. So, And I also think we're really lucky that we have this forum to talk yeah. about. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, our parents might not have talked about it with us. It, maybe it was because they didn't, they couldn't yeah. yeah, because they didn't know. They didn't know. And what if they wanted to? I mean, who knows? We'll never yeah. know. But I we're definitely really blessed agree. in that sense. Totally. And I I mean, I'm like I said, like the tampon versus pad thing was one of the first times that I was like, there are things that I can bring to the conversation that my mom might say, oh, really? Like, yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. Or I didn't think that I've never tried that because I always thought that that was inappropriate because we definitely had that conversation. I was like, mom, and I don't know about you guys, but when I switched, and again, this was facilitated by women my age and my peer group who were like, Dude. It's life changing. It is life changing. I mean, when I went from pads to tampons, I was like, what am I doing? What yeah. was I doing this Why whole time? Why was I sitting in that? Oh, the whole yeah. Time. And I almost Horrible. feel like that um, now with like the whole menstrual cup thing. I was like, like, I, I don't know. I'm not necessarily like, oh, I need to jump on this, but I am more open to like, hey. Although I tried it. Oh my God. Me. I think I, I just need to try a different kind. I've definitely heard that like you have to kind of like figure Wait, it out. This? The menstrual cup. Oh. It is. It's like a the idea of it's great. Just it's actually a very apparently like very old method, but now they've kind of improved upon it with technology where it's like a, a medical grade silicone. It looks like those mini Dixie cups, right? But okay. it's but it's like it tapered at the end a little bit, and sometimes it has a little bit of a tail, so you could like pull it down. Uh -huh. And since it's medical grade silicone, it kind of crushes up a little bit, so you, it's malleable. And you're supposed to literally a cup, not that big. Um, but depending on where you're, if you have a high cervix, low cervix, that kind of thing, you crush it up and you put it in and you twist it in a way that it suctions into your vaginal canal. Oh, wow. Right? That's the right, yeah. where we're at. All right. So it suctions right there. And the whole idea is that you release a lot less fluid than women think because in tampons, it feels like, or in pads, it feels like it's like endless and uh -huh. it's a lot, but realistically, it's not a lot, it's not a lot of fluid. 
And um, this is eco-friendly because you only buy one and it lasts at least 10 years. And you can oh, use medical grade. All day without- you could wear it all day and it doesn't suck the moisture out of your body that's not supposed to suck out. Like with tampons, it's, it's everything. absorbing everything. Yeah. And you don't necessarily want, like that. they say, if you're not on your period, um, like with pads, right? You can wear a pad because you don't know, like I'm irregular, right? So, you know, I could wear a pad because I don't know if it's just going to like hit me. But I... You can't wear a tampon if you're not on your period. Uh-uh. It's yeah. absorbing like important moisture that's supposed to be in there. So this doesn't do that. And um, there are disposable ones too, which I've tried and that was kind of a mess. But um, we have a friend actually that's been using her menstrual cup for like, years. On, going on like really? seven, eight, nine years. No way. Yeah. And it's supposed to be does amazing. It, does it feel any different? It's a 12-hour thing. So you that's the, you don't have to... You have to like figure your body out where you leak and what kind of menstrual cup is good. But the idea is that it's eco-friendly. You only have to buy one. Um, It's for 12 hours plus. It doesn't, you know, suck up other moisture. And then, you know, because it it is kind of messy when you take it out. I can't imagine that it's not. But if it's 12 hour, you don't have to take it out until you get home or the next day or something like that. So it's like, that's the new thing. Everything. Oh, you can wow. have sex with it, all of it. What? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. It's like everything you ever wanted in menstrual care Whoa. in a thing. But the idea is that you do have to find the one. Um, Stacy and I watched this. Seal. She's yeah. like this 16-year-old girl who's all about um, way ho- holistic and eco-friendly wow. menstrual care. Wow. Disposable pads and stuff. Which I don't even watch those because I'm like, I'm not... <sighs> I can't. You know, disposable diapers or uh, um, not uh, washable diapers are already like, I'm already getting anxiety. I don't have kids yet. <laughs> but she talks about those and that she has every single kind and you have to figure it out. But it's supposed to be like that Life new, changing. new. Yeah. yeah like, really? And can you imagine our co- our friend and coworker has not bought tampons or pads in six years, six, years, years, years. Wow. I mean, so it's a money saver. It's all these kinds of things. And I went down the rabbit hole, like researching and it seemed really good. Where do you get it from? You can order it online. Um, I got mine at CVS. Mine just didn't work. Yeah. You need to to know if you have a high or low cervix. I think that's the main thing. You have to know where your cervix is at. And um, there's also a different kind if you've had a baby and Mm -hmm. a different kind if you haven't because of kind of like the stretching. as well. Yeah, mine hurt for Um, like it hurt and it just, I I wasn't able to like suction it so mm -hmm. it would leak and I just got it. I've heard it like takes a while. Mm -hmm. For me, it was the disposable one again. So it was different. It was like the rim was silicone, but the actual cup part was like kind of a disposable like bag type thing. It was like a plastic thing. My whole thing was, was like it gross TMI. Out? Um, it was gross in that. And I don't cloudy? know, right? Like I need to. Sorry. No, it wasn't that. It was just, I felt like I had to get a lot, like two knuckles deep oh, sure. to get it out. And then they say like, bear down and it'll just pop out in your hand, you know, which it really did. But again, I don't know, which I need to find out when I go see um, my <laughs> handsome primary care physician who's going to look at my vagina. Um, You know, how high or low? I have no idea. Again, like these are things that I'm still learning. It felt like mine is high because... You had to go in deep. I had to go in deep. And Mm. I, even though I did it at home, I was like, holy shit, like I'm not comfortable. My hand is covered in blood, you know? (laughs) Mine was low. So I feel like mine's low because mine's just right there. Nice. So I I could, I wasn't as messy because I could just... Really do that, and then it's just mm-hmm. there, and then you pour it out in the toilet. So yeah, wow. and they say like if you're, and like 
the I, I think the idea is that you don't take it out for the whole day because I, I think regardless, if you have to put your hand in to pull something out, you can't do it in a stall. You can't wash a cup no. out yeah. in a stall. Although she says like, yeah, I'll just like clean it with like a napkin and wash my hands yeah. and stuff like that. But I do, I do feel like there are a lot more pros than cons, but I've only tried the disposable one because my friend got some and she's like, oh, let's try it. The first thing I noticed when I tried it was like, Jesus, there's a lot of room up there. Like room? this thing was kind of, it looked like a Lance Armstrong Livestrong bracelet, oh, but it had no. like a sack attached to it. And you just like squish it. To, so it's like a thing and you shove it in there and it just goes in And there. then you don't have to, do you twist it? You have to, okay. You if have you to- imagine like the anatomy, right? Uh-huh. You got to get it in and you got to, put it up in a way that it goes like this. The cup is a little easier so that it it suctions to your, you know, and they say they're like, you have to try it out and and work it out, but it's totally like, if you understand the physics of it, it's Uh easy to do. But again, with the disposable, it didn't feel as like, with the cup itself, the whole thing is medical grade silicone. So you're mashing the, just the opening together and putting it in. And then if you just twist twist it, then it like flowers, it blossoms a little bit open. And then to get it out, you just like put your finger in and create a little bit of a gap and then then twist and pull right out. Yeah. I was surprised by like, they kept saying you don't bleed as much as you think you do. I was surprised that you really don't. I was so surprised. I like the idea too of like not, um, because I really get, and this is super TMI, but again, this is like a woman's (laughs) episode. On the last days of my period, it feels like my body rejects tampons. Mm. I feel my body pushing it out. Yeah. yeah. And I know that it doesn't want it in there. And so that makes me feel like it is sucking. And, and it's those like last few days where you still don't want to not wear anything. Yeah. But it where does. it's like wet when you take it out, but it's yeah. like minimal. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it does feel like my body's like, what are you My doing? clenching and like forcing it out yeah. in a weird way. Yeah. So that's super gross. But if guys are listening, at least they're learning a goddamn I thing too. I like force the guys I work with to like listen to all this stuff. Well, I think it's important too, because even like the whole tampon thing where I hate that I have to like take my tampon from my purse, put it I in my know. hand and then I go to the bathroom. I like, hospital. Whatever. Oh, this is so natural. It happens every month and I'm going to take my tampon with pride and, and go you know, they and- made that new crinkle free paper. Thank mm-hmm. God, by the way, because I get really, really nervous about that too. But that's another thing of like, you can't make noise. Uh-huh. I had a friend who was like, Sarah, I wrap up the used one obviously uh-huh. in toilet paper. She's like, I wrap up the paper. I wrap up the plastic yeah, applicator. So do I. Everything I always put, I actually Seth open it in a way where you open the thing and then you put the plastic <laughs> applicator back perfectly in the wrapper. So, and then you wrap that up. Like, I've always told Chevy that like, cause uh, everyone knows I'm obsessed with the idea of being on Shark Tank one day. <laughs> one day we'll listen to this and I'll be on Shark Tank. But <laughs> I feel like, you know how Shark Tank ideas are always like, you need to solve a real problem. Mm-hmm. And I feel like how much toilet paper women use yeah. when they're on their period is like, Crazy. That's the problem to solve. Nobody steal my idea, right? I'm no, trying to be on no. Shark Tank. <laughs> no, I have to do that at home too. Because Sev's like, I don't want people to come over and see your tampons. Well, the- and I'm like, yeah, that's- it's a wrapper, first of all. Yeah. Okay. Dude, that's why I need. I always need to have a bathroom in my room because I agree that it's like, it shouldn't be taboo. And I always tell the guys that yeah. I work with that like, when you guys say stuff like ew, yeah. just know that I think that too about my own self, about this natural thing that happens yeah. that I'm disgusted of it. So it's not just that, it, you know, it's easy to be like, yeah, of course we're guys, it's weird and it's icky. 
But it's like, culturally, we all think it's gross, yet Uh it's this natural thing. And plus, I'm always like super pissy that guys get to talk about farts and shit and all the time. I I can't talk about- Blood coming out of my vagina. Right, it's just blood. Just relax, actually. I have to actually kind of really wrap mine up and put it away in the one bathroom because we have two dogs who actually love it. Uh, And it's kind of disgusting. But if you ever leave the bathroom door open and go out and you come home to a massacre. The worst is having guests over and having (laughs) Snoopy taking it out in front of them. Yeah, look what I found. Or like my dirty underwear. Oh, they love underwear. They love Love underwear. My little one of like the hardcore Armenian guy that doesn't look at me. I've definitely had Russell (laughs) have the underwear problem. (laughs) The period thing, not so much because I would, I would die. Like, but again, it's like there's this like internalized like grossness where yeah. it's like, I shouldn't feel gross. It's, it's really not like, that bad. I'm like, yes, blood coming out yeah. of my vagina. Yeah. Like best thing ever. Yeah. You would hope that like it would be less taboo because I don't think it's, it, I don't think it's the fact that we're socialized to think of it as gross. Although I do think that contributes, but I think it's because hormonally you feel gross. Yeah. Your hair feels different. Your You're body bloated. feels, yeah. yeah. But also- Clothes don't fit right. At the end of the day, blood is blood. Blood grosses me out no matter where it's coming okay. from. Yeah. So Me not really, too. honestly. Like I don't, and I feel like it's this beautiful color. Like I really, <laughs> and not to be gross, like it doesn't gross me out in that way at all. Like even when I tried that menstrual cup or whatever, the only thing, it wasn't that it was gross because I'm not grossed out of my own body. It was just like the idea of like, could I do this as a substitute? Uh-huh. No, bro. I'm not going to shove my hand all the way up my <laughs> vagina. Although it did make me feel like, what else could I hide up there? Jesus, it's like a treasure trove. But like, don't uh, put stuff in your vagina in. because we walked ourselves through this whole Shark Tank idea and your pH balance down there is important. You That's can't just be putting important. stuff up there. No, no, you can't. It's not a storage unit. No. Yeah. Although that would be Awesome. Would it? It really That's would. Like, well, no, they're putting it in their butts. Like a menstrual cup that like closes. <laughs> you shove it up there and you can put whatever a you want. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm saying if guys, just imagine this, right? If guys' ball sacks could open up and they could put stuff in there. Oh my God. Let yeah. me tell you how many Shark Tank pitches there would be about well, the, the ball has sack. A string, so you just go, Put it sideways and they're oh, closed I know. It's crazy. Go. I want to thank you both for coming here and <laughs> um, opening and up that. the secret book of your <laughs> intimate lives for the better, for the good of young women and men everywhere. Um, and uh, I think we all learned something today. 